0: All right. Oh, I can hide myself. That's nice. I get bored of seeing myself on the screen. <laughs> All right. Are we live? Yes. So can anybody... Are there people out there that are seeing and watching? We can see if they hear us and see us. Good evening. Hello. Hello. Aussie's waking up. What is it? What'd you say? It's like nine AM there? No, nah, it's like eleven. Eleven. It's uh, like yeah. Oh eleven AM? Yeah. Wow. You said you're East Coast, Australia, right? Yeah, East Coast, yeah. Does Australia have like four area or uh time zones also? Yeah, yeah. So what uh the Gold Coast, is that the West Coast?
1: No, no, that's the East Coast as well. That's probably about two hours south of me.
0: So what do they call the West Coast?
1: West Coast is like Perth oh. and, uh, yeah, like Western Australia. So, yeah, there's not a – yeah, pretty much Perth is the only place to has got a track over there, so.
0: It doesn't seem like there is a lot of things in West Australia.
1: Not really, like mining than the and East? stuff
2: like
0: that. Yeah, but yeah, it doesn't seem is- like – There's like cities and things as as numerous as East Coast, right?
1: Yeah, lots of desert in Western Australia. Yeah, Yeah. East Coast is where heaps of population is. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, yes, people are arriving. So this is uh Kai Knight from Knight. Is it Knight Family Motor Works or Autos or yeah
1: Motorsport? Yeah, I thought it
0: was Motorsport. Yeah, I almost said like Auto something, and I'm like, I don't think that's right. So yes, you are based in Australia. And you have a performance shop there, and you do dyno tuning, fabrication, building, driving, (laughs) a little bit of all of of that
1: sort of stuff. Pretty well, well, these days we pretty much just dyno tune, really. Um, We just do tuning. Yeah.
0: And I originally saw Kai on Skid Factory tuning a bunch of the cars lately. And I mentioned to Alan, uh, you know, it would be funny to have you on. So. Here it is. Here we are already. (laughs) Here we are. Yes. So, yeah, you said it's raining there. So, yeah, do you want to say, do you want to give like a quick summary of what you do and where you're located just so people have an idea? Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, so we're located uh, in in Maroochydore, essentially, which is on the Sun Trunk Coast uh, in Queensland, which is about an hour, hour and a half north of Brisbane. Um, We do pretty much just dyno tuning these days i have done wiring and fabrication i'm a mechanic by trade and auto electrician and that sort of stuff but i've been full-time tuning for probably oh, probably 10 years around um we do all the normal stuff around here we do you know haltech link we do holly we do fuel tech we do just, yeah pretty well whatever we do a lot of sort of uh i guess a lot of sort of what you guys would sort of do. Like we do a lot of street cars, a lot of drag and drive, um, straight drag. Uh, we do some circuit stuff, some hill climb stuff, just, you know, just a bit of everything really.
0: What would you say? It's funny. So what would you say like your average customer is? Is it like LS or Barra or, uh, like
1: it's, I think we have a pretty good variety, but yeah, definitely LS and Barra are massive. Um, do a lot of those. Um, but then we still have a lot of the import stuff's pretty popular around here. So we get a lot of RB, a lot of 2JZ, 4G63, SR20, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, they're quite popular as well. Uh, but yeah, definitely LS and Barra would be probably your two most common. Um, but yeah, all the other stuff's pretty popular as well over here, like import mm. stuff. And even we do some rotaries and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's all pretty pretty broad around mm. here.
0: That's I've never tuned a rotary. I have I have a friend who's building one and says he wants me to tune it, and I'm like, uh, all right. <laughs> I'm like, I'll get some ideas from people and we can try. But he's like, yeah, way nah, more. People... have a good time. He's like, uh, dude, way more people are blowing these up. So what what could you do? Blow it up? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure, I could. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it'd be neat to try and then
1: yeah,
0: no, it's good fun it's yeah how many like uh i was what was i gonna say so how did you get into tuning i guess is what most people are always interested in knowing is how does that happen is it seems like everybody kind of fumbles into it and it just happens instead of someone i feel like no kids uh i'm in i'm like late 30s now how old are you
2: mid-30s yeah i would like say yeah that,
0: no one in our generation then i feel like no one my age at school was like i'm gonna tune cars yeah i feel like no one yeah no
1: well, i so i started off as and i got an me- apprenticeship as a mechanic I, I grew up on a farm where i was always keen with tinkering with stuff and uh i ended up having like paddock bashes you know which is what I don't know if you guys call them that but essentially it's just like a crappy old car that you'd flog around a paddock, you know what I mean? You just yeah, like We go call, and I drifted. call them
0: there's probably a different word for every uh like town up here, but I call them like yard cars.
1: Yeah, cuz exactly. a junkyard so car, but yeah. So we used to do like crazy stuff with them and and we'd put Uh, like I did a draw through turbo setup on one of these little four cylinder things. Like when I was a first year apprentice and this sort of stuff, you know, just like jammed a heap of boost into it and just like fumbled my way around and just did skids and was happy sort of thing. Um, But the, then that sort of progressed into, I always had a passion for it. Um, So then I, the first real thing I, I was kind of... I think I've heard of you is, is I wanted to learn it myself before I would do it for other people. So the first ever sort of experience I had was I... um uh, The very first one we had, I had a Skyline, like an R32 Skyline, and then that had like the old school style of tuning with like a... What's called like a SAFC, which is like basically like a math clamp and this sort of stuff, you know, like in, you know, getting around a boost cut with a rising rate regulator and, you know, putting a, you know... That boost T that you just, you know, crank up and that sort of stuff. Um, and then the next one, I was like, I want to have some more control. So I actually did a, a Mega Squirt on a 2JZ car that I had. I had a Toyota Aristo at the time, which is a factory 2JZ car, and single turbo swapped it. And then actually got the, uh, you know, like the do it yourself build Mega Squirt, like board. This is years ago. This is probably back at, uh, this is probably. 2008 or something like yeah, that I've you know done all I mean? the um, same
0: things <laughs>
1: yeah and so I hand handmade the ECU and then yeah and then yeah ran the ran the 2j with that and then yeah with that car was pretty good like it's a heavy car it's like a what to be like a 3,800 pound car um and it went 10 30s um, uh, back then so and yeah I we raced that car for like years I raced it for like three or four years like that And um, yeah so that was where I really sort of cut my teeth and then when I sort of had that like proving itself. I then started working with a few other people and then sort of tuning their stuff. And then it all sort of just spiraled from there into what it is today.
0: Yeah. I feel like that's how everybody, like I said, it's, it's funny when I think about it now, but no one I know that does tuning or was ever interested in it ever was because kids are like, I'm going to work. I'm going to like operate a crane. I'm going to definitely push dirt or I'm going to shoot myself into outer space. Or, but no one was ever like, I'm going to, you know, make fun of people on the internet and tune cars. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's, but it seems, it seems the same. Like someone, uh, I did the same thing. We just did dumb things with cars and then you start adding, you start spraying them or doing something dumb and adding power and then you blow it up and then you're like, well, what if we could just drive it longer and then it starts surviving and then you start applying it and then, yeah yeah same exact thing it's funny
1: <clears throat> yeah for sure I did it we had heaps of uh we, we used to love that like we'd have uh because I when i I worked and we had apprentices and stuff and they were always you know younger technicians coming through and they were easily influenced so I'd like convince lots of them to put like turbos on their dailies and stuff and we did all <laughs> kinds of silly stuff like 300 wheel horsepower Hyundai XL I don't know if you have that but it's like a it's a crappy little front wheel drive car that it's like, if you make 300 wheel and it, it's like, you can just change lanes with your, with the gas pedal at like at a hundred, you know, like 60 mile an hour, or whatever you could be just stand on it and it'll just buzz both front tires and just change lanes and stuff. Like just, yeah,
0: <laughs> there was a car, Devin, we were talking about Devin earlier, Devin Vanderhoof built a Ford Festiva in like a 1991 Ford Festiva it's like a seventeen hundred yeah. pound car from the factory, and he yep. did that Ford BP, which is that like Ford Mazda one point eight liter Miata twin cam engine and yeah, turboed yeah, it,
3: be...
0: yeah, yeah. And that was in the Festiva, so I think it, it only made like two hundred and twenty five horsepower and two hundred fifty foot pounds, but yeah, it was on like thirteen inch tires and everything else. Yeah, we did. I did uh, like a video.
1: I was just going to say like I remember one of the funniest things that that apprentice that we had we did a turbo I saw in the comments are asking is 4G but no it's a a G4 EK is the engine so it's like it's it's probably a descendant of the 4G but it's not a 4G uh. it, it wishes it was a 4G but um <laughs> the, we had a uh that same car it was funny his dad had a like a like a HSV uh you know which is like 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 a Pontiac GDO. You know what I mean? Essentially, so it's like one of those, like a. I think you guys have it, like a G8 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So he had a Commodore like right? A six, yeah, Commodore. Yeah. So, but there's like yeah. a fancy version. It's like a, a HSV, and so yep. it's like a. Let's say it's got like a Pontiac G8, you know, and um, it's got a 6.2 in it, so it's LS3, and they had a highway race. Like his dad and the and the, his son in the XL, and the XL smoked him. Like, and he was like, <laughs> got out of the car. He's like, I'm gonna sell this piece of shit. He's like, I'm out. <laughs>
0: That's when I decided that I had a G8 with a magna charger and a cam and everything. And then I built a Ford Fairmont for like 4200 bucks. It went low 10s with 40% converter slip. And I was like, I'm never yeah. building a car like this G8 ever again. It's ne- The blower <laughs> yeah. was 6500 bucks. The entire Ford yeah. Fairmont that went 10s all day long was $4,200. Yeah, so I was like, I'm never doing this again. Nope, nope. but very similarly people are yeah once once that happens you're like this is trash this supposedly fast car is trash
2: yeah
0: that's a good someone was just asking global media this guy he uh i'm curious if you do have like uh max ecu experience and opinions i
1: i've played around with one or two it's definitely not super popular over here um we've got here either in australia what's
0: that sir? Uh, i said it's not really here either but uh people talk about it a lot and i have a friend who put it on a we, they call it the ameribera the 4200 oh yeah yeah calvin nelson he has a max ecu on something and a friend of mine that uh swaps ls bmws it's like his business he sells parts and everything uh he has been using yep. max ecu because it has integrated can and he can He's very good with CAN though, so I can understand why you would want that ECU, but that's the attractiveness from what I understand.
1: Yeah, definitely. The the CAN template that they have is excellent. It's like the the link CAN template's really good as well if you know how to use it. Um, But yeah, no, I I haven't had a huge experience. I've done a couple, but um, yeah, definitely. It's just, I mean, I guess, you know, we're a shop. We tune what comes through the door sort of thing. You know what I mean? And uh, it's just not that popular over here. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I would say it's it's made in like Poland or someplace like like somewhere in the Europe, and I think that's where the obviously yeah. that's where the largest user base is.
1: Yeah, for sure, that's what I was under understanding as well. It's
0: more European based. Yeah, Sweden. Mark says. <clears throat> oh yeah, and then uh, I guess I would ask you—you you guys use Hall a lot, right?
1: It's very popular over here. It would be probably the most popular. Yeah, tech is is very popular.
0: Yeah. Would you say that's like your favorite for tuning?
1: Um yeah, I'd say it's probably definitely up there. Um we do we do a lot of holy stuff as well though. I think that's because that we sort of cater to uh the LS market a fair bit, so we it sort of filters down. We do a lot of holy stuff as well. Um hmm. But yeah, that, and, but definitely Haltech's just so popular over here. It's like every second car pretty much has got a Haltech in it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you do, you do a bunch of Holly cars. I feel like from, it's tough, at least from what I see on, like, I watch like, uh, Full Boost and Skid Factory and very similar to like that group of friends, like all you guys. And it seems like it's pr- like barely any Holly cars.
1: Yeah, I'd say, that, I mean, yeah, obviously some of those things... That
0: but they a have, lot of them aren't LS, like, but whenever they do, it's... I mean, I know they're also kind of sponsored, so...
1: Exactly. I was going to say that, yeah, like Skid Factory, for example, they have a relationship with Haltech. Um, yeah. And, uh, but there's still, there's quite a few, you know, like I would say the the more sloppy inspired builds around here, they all got Terminators on, oh, you know what okay, I mean, yeah. I think. that. yeah, so like the... We see that a lot, but at the same time, like the, I think it's just what you're used to, you know what I mean? Like, so we, like, yeah, predominantly we would tune Haltech. So I there's some of the features and stuff with Haltech that I, you grow really fond of and you know how it handles something um but at the same time we can still you know as once you've done it enough it's you can make any ecu really do what you want i I don't really i'm not one of those guys who turn someone away to say because i've got the wrong ecu or something like i've had a fairly broad experience on most of them and and i can make pretty much anything work
0: yeah yeah i say similar i say to people like if the car starts and like kind of idles i could probably do something with it (laughs) but i don't want to diagnose like triggers and wiring for you so like, if it starts yeah. and runs, uh, we could probably do quite a... You know, I always say, if it responds to changes well, then we can move on. Other than that, uh, we'll, we'll figure it out then. Yeah, nice. No. And then I was going to say, do you have... Was there any... Uh, so, with cars, since you got into cars by doing a lot of that stuff yourself, do you have, like, a project... Well, I saw you have that one you share with someone else the corolla
1: oh yeah my my wife yeah my wife races it yeah uh it's a k70 corolla um so i think you guys i think you got them i don't
0: know we we have ones uh, that's older though yeah i would say i don't yeah i think we yeah yeah so we put like rotaries 80, in i'm here
1: 84 corolla i don't get yeah. it little little toyota thing and then yeah it's got a Honda k24 in it yeah that's funny i
0: missed that that you said your wife races it because i think i was watching when you were doing the head gasket and you said someone else races it but i don't know if you said that directly or whatever but that's funny
1: yeah no my uh, my wife races it yeah
0: that's kind of like i'm normally
1: busy at the track tuning so yeah
0: yeah that's funny evans jeff evans uh tuner near me uh did similar for a long time for like six years he built and tuned it, and his wife would race it.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's got a stick shift in it as well. So, and that's uh, that's my wife. She wanted to. Uh, she's stubborn. She wants to. Uh, <laughs> she wants to do it like that.
0: What the hell transmission is in that thing?
1: Uh, so it's a Toyota, um, like out of a Hilux. So yeah, Hilux R Series gearbox. Um, oh. So.
0: I don't even know. Just because
1: they're common over here. Yeah. I was gonna
0: say I don't. We probably don't have anything like that, but then some Toyota nerds will probably yell at me.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, the but yeah, they're just common. I mean, it's one of these things that I. Yeah, I was like Hylax is just everywhere here, so I'm like, oh, I'm gonna. Visit. And there's a place in New Zealand that make a bell housing adapter for it, so I was oh, like, okay. oh yeah, oh, I'll go with that because I'm like, I could pick up another gearbox from a scrapyard if I need to. So.
0: It must be pretty tough that that thing made like 600 horsepower, right?
1: Yeah, it's right around around there. We'll see where it goes, but yeah, it should be somewhere around uh, six hundred. We we ran it up the other day, uh, and it was like five hundred and seventy something on like twenty three pounds. So yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, that's what I was. I saw that one too. That's uh, does that have like a delay valve on the clutch, or does it just? Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's an SWS uh, slipper valve on the clutch. Yep.
0: Is that like a manually adjust, uh, manual adjustment on it, like physical adjustment, or is that one of those solenoids? yeah, physical
1: little knob that you can turn to control the bleed rate? Yeah, and then that's all controlled. It's it's controlled through the ECU. It's got a that's got a Haltech in it, and um yeah, so we control that valve so that it's basically active on the two step, and then active for a certain amount of time after the two steps released, um, so that it doesn't, you know, it's not engaging when you don't want it to be, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I saw a. I know a lot of people have the manual style bleed valve and then I had a guy, I talked to a guy through Devin Vanderhoof recently and the guy sells an electronic version of that. It's it's called like the Billy button or something like that.
1: Yeah, I think I... I think a few people had tagged me in it. I haven't, I'd be interested to see how how it works. The current system seems to work not too bad if you remember to turn it on. Um, Yeah. And that's probably the biggest thing.
0: (laughs) He, I guess, I guess what they have, what's cool is they have an app and you can set up like the amount of delay and test it and uh, do a bunch of things with that. I saw a video on it recently, so that's pretty cool. Hmm. But I see like all the, obviously like a lot of, I feel like no really decently fast stick shift cars anymore have or don't have some sort of delay. Otherwise you're just bucking. Yeah, or like stuff. an
1: actual slipper clutch or something, you know, like a weighted clutch or something. It's yeah, it's it's the toughest bit. It's yeah, it's especially cause the clutch, like we run in, in our car, it's a twin disc sintered iron sort of thing. You know, it can hold, I don't know, a million foot pounds of torque or something. But it's like, if you accidentally just smack that thing without the slipper, as i found out, it will just instantly break the rear end. Like it's just, just grenades it. It's yeah.
0: Nice. <laughs> what what diff is that another hilux diff or something in that uh, yeah
1: it. hilux diff yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> they must be They're like pretty good uh, it must be like uh like we have ford explorers and you can get irs or solid rear and there's one million of them in the junkyard and it's ford 8 8 and everything in the world is built around ford 8 and 9 inch rear ends. so yeah you can get the entire diff with disc brakes for 80 dollars and slide it under a car and weld actual yeah. purchase on it and call it a day so it must be the same there i remember Virtually watching... the
1: same. they're very popular in the smaller cars like obviously nine inches are exceptionally popular over here as well if you're building something with you know a thousand horsepower plus like everyone uses nine inches. it seems but like
0: that matt guy
1: car like these these cars are only really like twenty four hundred pounds or something like that. You know what I mean. So for a car like that, you don't really need a big. Yeah, it's a total waste. You can get away yeah. with the axle; it'll be fine.
0: You just need to not be dumping it at seven thousand without a, a slipper or a, a cushion or something. There. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. What uh
0: What was I? What was I gonna? I forget what I was gonna ask about that thing. That Matt. What's that? What's that guy's name that builds all the rear end and does all of the chassis? Uh.
1: Yeah, Matt Rogan. Yeah, yeah, that's Rogan yeah, but,
0: Industries or whatever. Uh, Woody always says that guy. Yeah. I've seen him do a bunch of those on video. It seems way too easy for him.
1: Uh, it is. We did the same thing. We uh, again, we're all sort of friends and in a similar area. And so I, I spoke to Rogan. And I said, "Hey, let's put the Hilux dip under the car." And he's like, "Yeah, sure, no problem. Just come around on Saturday. We'll do it." And and literally, we drove the car in there. Like I, when I first got the Corolla, I had a standard. 4K engine in it and gearbox a diff and everything and then I drove it in there one day we stuck it up on the lift we just started going at it with sawzalls and angle grinders and then we rolled it back out of there at like 2 p.m. the same day with the highlight stiff under it with all the brackets and stuff made up we just smashed it it was yeah he's like this isn't my prettiest work I'm like I don't care it's functional I don't need <laughs> I just need functional
0: yeah that guy seems so fast he can like four link something in his sleep yeah. Or ladder bar or build the entire differential or it doesn't seem like it matters to him
1: yeah nah he's he's really good
0: Hilux is a better Tacoma yeah I always hear that we don't get any we don't get a lot of cool trucks we only get the lamest largest trucks you can get (laughs) and then any small trucks we had are now the size of the large trucks and the large trucks now are literally like the biggest thing in the world
1: we're starting to get all the big trucks coming over here. the 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 Rams and the Silverados and stuff are starting to come over. You know, like the the brand yeah, new ones, starting... right? Yeah, they're starting. They're only just recently because you never used to be able to buy them over here, but they're just starting to trickle through.
0: I heard about that. Everyone complains. Uh, I forget Luke. Full boost. Luke shares those articles. Uh, about yeah. people because yeah, I guess your car parks aren't as big as ours are ridiculous because our vehicles are ridiculous, but
2: yeah
0: but yeah they're they're gigantic now it's re- you ever drive any of those newer trucks
1: i have driven yeah i've driven a couple f250s and stuff that have come over here and, and i would definitely say that our roads and our parks are not designed for a car like <laughs> that i mean you can still get around but it's like yeah you can just tell it's like never it was never intended for them to be that big yeah
0: yeah there it's i i live here and it's they're gigantic you can't even like see out of the hood of like a brand new regular silverado feels like it has a 20 foot long square for a hood i'm like this is dumb as shit (laughs) yeah oh and then do you have any other like do you have anything else other than the corolla that's like a what would you say like a Uh, company or a personal vehicle that you race
1: that that's the one we have at the moment we've got a couple other little things sort of in the in the in the go at the moment it's sort of just focusing honestly just doing that keeping that car running and and my wife racing that one and then a whole heap of other customers that we go to the track with regularly and stuff like that that keeps me pretty pretty busy and it's funny people ask me they go oh you know you need to get in the driver's seat yourself which don't worry I, i actually am planning to race it this year um because my wife is pregnant um so she's not racing this season but uh the I get like just as much enjoyment about seeing like my customers and friends doing well, you know what I mean? So it's like a different kind of enjoyment. Like it's I don't know, I, I can get enjoyment going to the track and watching someone do well and PB and and or, or get round wins or something like that. Um you know, that's that's enjoy it's enjoyable for me too. You know what I mean? I don't need to be steering the thing down the track.
0: No, yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Devin says the same thing. Uh, cause people say like, Oh, you need to drive," And you're like, yeah, I don't know where that, I think that comes from like, if you do well and they have nothing else to say, they say that you should have driven it. Yeah. It's like a weird cheap jab, but yeah, I under, I, I mean, it's different for someone like you and I all blanket us in there, but if you know 10 people at the track and you're helping them all do well, it's better mm-hmm. than just making a decent pass in your own vehicle for the day.
1: Correct. Yeah. Like the look on someone's even, I think even uh like, even green drivers are sometimes quite f- like fun to take to the track. You know, like I say, like someone who's like, I think you've mentioned it a few times, you know, like the first time someone ever gets a 600 wheeled car or something and you take them to the drag strip for the first time and you're like oh, yeah. giving them the, you're giving them the dad talk in the staging lanes. <laughs> be like, it's like, if this thing goes to the wall lift, like, it's like, it will, it will hurt you. Very something fu-
0: seems funny just let it go <laughs> you don't yeah. need to do the rotary thing where you you know change lanes the whole way and everyone can cheer that's being a moron
1: <laughs> yeah So and then like yeah, i don't know i guess like even sometimes they're like it's obviously it's it's fun working with people who who know who know what they're doing and stuff like that but it's also fun taking someone who's like first time for the track you know and just watching them. like you know you never get a bigger smile than uh somebody who's like first time at the track and the first time they run a 10 or something you know what i mean and yeah their like, hands are they're shaking just and they're, just holding bouncing, the time. they're just shaking they got the time slip and they're just like yeah, it just says like, 130 and they're like oh
0: <laughs> and you're like oh okay it's yeah. yeah that's i'm glad that you think that's exciting <laughs> yeah you get to relive uh that fun that you can't have anymore because yeah <laughs> what was it? oh what was i gonna say i like always checking people's data logs and seeing that they never floored it
1: oh yeah the chicken foot straight after the (laughs) transfer release. yeah the chicken foot (laughs) yeah you lifted no i didn't it's like well the log says you did so i'm gonna trust
0: that (laughs) i forgot that you guys call it that chicken foot (laughs)
3: Yeah,
0: cletus calls it that too yeah because they were making people race like uh ruby and and stuff like that and they're like it's it's going slow, and they're like, oh, why is the car slow? And check the log, and they're like, 40% throttle. Yeah. <laughs> Here we yep. this is why. Or when they, uh, when people let go of a trans brake, they will lift for two, three seconds, and then eventually get back into it.
1: Yeah, that's probably the most common one I see is, yeah, like on the hit of the trans brake, it'll come back to like, you know, at like 0.3 out, it'll come back to like 40% throttle, and then they'll slowly get back to 100, like, yeah. <laughs>
0: I don't know why. I don't know. So I guess enough people do it. I guess that it's like a weird the people's brains just do it. I guess I don't. But yeah, I don't, it, it is interesting when you see that that people usually don't floor the car and, and then they go slow and they don't know why, et cetera. Yeah. And then what, uh, I was going to say, what do you have like a favorite lately? Like a favorite combination or thing that you like to see, or one that's rewarding for people to build, or um, something like that. Am I making um, sense? I guess
1: uh, I, I get the 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 one thing I'd say is probably a little different for us over here. Is uh, I was actually thinking about it because listening to a couple of your shows about the you know like we we kind of get jealous if we hear about the like two hundred dollar junkyard four eight or something and you throw it in there and and you're running tens. For yeah, the all grand of the truck something.
0: iron blocks. Yep
1: whereas we never got that nope. so we we only got like our, in 2000 when ls came out we got ls1s they ran ls1 for a while then they made ls2 yep. and then we ended up getting six liters we got like l98s l76s and we got six twos and then later we got the lsa and stuff like that but it's like we never got any of five threes four eights yeah, we like, have we like, like 40 in. other engines stuff. in there <laughs> yeah we never got any of that stuff and then and because like we get them here like we could have four eights and five threes here but they all got put in shipping containers and brought over and then because of that they're not 200 bucks like even a five three short block like just one that needs rebuilding you still probably go for 15 or 1600 dollars you know what i mean like and so it's in that sort of thing is that it's a little more expensive and so a lot of the time stuff it's It's not, it doesn't not happen, but it's a lot more people put more into it because if they kick a rod out of it, they're going to be mad either way because it's like, it's not like a $200 engine. It's like a a couple grand engine to, if you break it.
0: Yeah. I remember asking uh, on a full boost video years and years ago, I'm like, why is everyone have a 408? Don't you guys trust, you know? And he's like, he explained that he's like, we do, those don't exist here. You have to get like something that someone blew up on a rev limiter and then resleeve it or cut it. Or he's like, There's nothing really just good like that in vans. We hate you. Thanks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we never got them. We, yeah, everything's five sevens or whatever. Like, we obviously the gen four, like a gen, a, you can get the LS1 that had gen four rods in it, and that's not a bad. So that's probably the best of the motors that we would have got, like, for cheap, you know? Yeah, but like, even then, but it's not nice. even still, they're still not cheap. Like, if you get, a like, a running motor that's in any decent condition, it'll be, you know, it used to be five or six grand or something crazy. You know? Wow. It's, yeah. So yeah, that's... that's probably the thing that we see. It's a, it's We don't get that cheap, but then, you know, we'd still, I guess the Barra is probably one of our most popular um, engines. Like, if you get the later one, the BFFG, uh, which is like a later essentially version of the Barra. It had thicker connecting rod in it, and they're not a bad thing. Like, they'll happily go like uh, easily, you know, like six, seven, like definitely like 700 wheels through an auto through a turbo 400, like happily on stock internals. You just do like valve springs, oil pump gears, head studs, just the normal sort of stuff. And, and like, yeah, that, that's your probably, you know, that's your cheap sort of 10 second engine yeah. around here. I believe
0: that was what they just did with the Cresta, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, They're just uh, yeah, their studs it. Yeah, the and, and, and Woody's springs. crown as well is just a yeah. Woody's crown's a stock bottom end FG Barrow as well. Yeah, that's yeah.
0: yeah, that's also just same. Just has studs, right?
1: Yeah, yep, studs, oil pump gears, head gasket. Yeah, just that's like, and, and that's it. Like they do break though, well, obviously. Like somewhere up around there, probably around that sort of eight hundred ish, eight hundred, nine hundred, is where they start popping. You know, and, I would um, say
0: same for a lot of LS people start running into trouble there
1: yeah um but then yeah like the good thing is that like with the barra especially if somebody if somebody says like hey i want to make a thousand you just sell straight up you're like we'll build it and the good thing was that the head the block and crank and all that sort of stuff is the same in all of them so you can get one out of a taxi you know that they're not too you know literally like a couple hundred dollars and then you just put rods and stuff in it and it's like that's you
0: know you save the money on it not being the better engine but yeah at all
1: yeah because you can, the factory turbo motors they want like five or six grand for them, but you can get an NA one for like four hundred bucks or five hundred. And then spend a you know grand on
0: pistons and rods each, yeah. And then you're yeah. under it, yeah. You just have to do the work yeah. at that point. So whatever yeah. you're going to commit to, yeah. That's so you. I mean, that's I think I asked like, what's your favorite t- combination to tune, but you said most of the people have the Barrow or the LS, so that's the answer, right? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's one of those things. I, I don't know if I have a favorite, but I mean, I can appreciate anything. It's funny. Like I have some guys who have just like the you know crappy little things that make like 200 horsepower. I don't know, like their favorite combination to tune. I, I think, yeah, it depends. They've all got ups and downs, you know what I mean? And and even sometimes something you think that's going to be lame sometimes really, you know, is uh, actually rewarding and, and good to to tune. But yeah, like, I don't know like a bit of everything really that's yeah They i wouldn't say i have a favorite uh, yeah they're all good they're all sort of good in their own right it's uh i do like stuff that's done well like and that can uh like and you can lean on and stuff you know like and, and it's a, a good combination that's nice
0: yeah of course everybody everybody has a good day when something makes power easily
1: <laughs> yeah yeah like i guess we get you know, even, like, I did a one a little while back. It was, like, a six-liter car, like, a, a six-liter with just a stock head and stuff, and it had, a like, a 110-mil turbine, like, a, a S485 on it, and it's, like, that thing, I think it yawned out, like, a 1,000 at, like, 18 pounds. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? It was just, like, a really good, efficient combo. Like, it had a rod and piston and stuff in it. Like, it was a built motor and everything. But it's, like, I'm just, like, this thing, you could just trash the pants off this thing all day long, and it'll just, like, Yeah, it just did it so easy it was just yeah yeah i guess combos like that are nice you know when you can have it and it all just works and it's just like you just tell it's just in its efficiency zone it's just doing it easy
0: yeah some of those i did uh i did a big block twin turbo car recently on like easy pump gas tune-up it made like 58 horsepower per pound or something like that just disgusting yeah and then it melted its plug wires off like after a couple hits in but we we knew that was going to happen. <laughs> the fix that. for that was deemed for after we made sure the motor was okay. So mm. there's a, well, I was going to say, Mark has some questions here. He says, do you guys ever get Fox bodies like factory Fox body cars?
1: We, we never got them here. Like they never came here, yeah. but they, to my knowledge i've never no they never you could never buy them here well you might be able to buy them but it would be like a special order or something like they're not like common at all mm-hmm. um but they are and most of the ones that are here are left hand drive they've been imported so there is a couple filtering through especially most of them are uh, like sh- chassis that were built in america and then they've been brought over here as a running race car essentially or a lot of the time as a roller or something like that so i would say that's the chassis. most
0: cost effective way because why else ship it over like It'd be much cheaper to, instead of buying like an original Fox body from here that's ruined and then moving it and then building it, it's, it's cheaper all around to wait for someone to sell like a tube chassis that you want.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Cause buying yeah, that, a roller. That's
1: starting to get more popular.
0: Yeah. I've seen, cause I saw a video or two where someone has like a super clean white notch back and I'm like, man, that must've been expensive to get there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah for sure for sure
0: 4g combo how what's uh oh, do you have a do you tune a lot of 4g 63 cars
1: do a few yeah do a few
0: mark here was asking do you have a combination in them that like works well or that you uh like to use
1: i think, I think a like for a street car like a, a 35r with a decent little cam and stuff like that is a pretty hard to beat like on e85 that's a pretty cool combo it'll make like easy 600 you know um to the tire which is like you know in an evo that's like that's decently quick you know what i mean um so i'd say that's probably you don't need to overdo it you know what i mean you can do a yeah like a 35 frame turbo and a and a uh and a decent little cam like a 272 or something and and yeah it'll make some pretty decent power pretty easily
0: They're always rewarding
1: yeah what uh
3: the...
0: What else? There's so- I thought I saw something else here. Oh yeah, I've been I've been saying this to my wife nonstop. You see that? Do you guys? I think you can get that ten thousand dollar Toyota pickup truck. Can you guys get it? Did you hear about that? It's called mm, the High Lux sure Champ.
1: I, yeah, I don't know if we got that. Uh, is it like currently new production? Is it, it?
0: Yeah, it's new, and I think it's in like Thailand or somewhere else right now, and they're going to release it to a lot of other places, but not the US. <laughs> and all of us oh, are right. pissed off because it's like it's a cool little i haven't
1: little... heard of that one coming through that Hilux is definitely like a normal Hilux is a lot more expensive than that but yeah the um i don't know we maybe get it
0: yeah i would say you guys probably will because you seem to get those mm. things but we don't we don't get anything cool like that america's busy trying to sell everybody a hundred thousand dollar trucks <laughs> yeah. it's ridiculous you can't get any small usable vehicle at all anymore you have to sign mm. up for, like, uh a F-250. <laughs> you yep. can't get, like, a... And, the, it, like, even if you want an old Toyota or older, cool, small truck, their value is, like, through the roof for no reason because th- that stuff doesn't exist and people want them and the survivors are just mm. worth too much. But, yeah, yeah sure. we would like to buy that, but they're never going to sell it to us. I was going to say, what, uh, do you, what was I going to ask? Like a tuning thing. Did you have anything recently? Like I did, interestingly enough, last year in like 2023, I did a bunch of European like Volkswagen combinations I would have never touched normally, but my wife goes to like a lot of Volkswagen Euro car shows. She has, okay. what is she, she has like 14 cars right now, I think. Well. <laughs> so, that's... and, uh. A lot of times they're like, hey, your husband, he does tuning and what? Blah, 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 blah. Could he tune this? And one of them was like an air-cooled uh stroker motor Beetle, Volkswagen Beetle, with a Holly yep. Sniper on it as a draw-through. Yep. So I tuned that, and then I did a bunch of like Turbo VR6 cars and some other stuff with standalones. Like, again, I- I've never touched them. But I was like, is it, they're like, I loaded a base and it idles and I'm like, well, we're ha- you know, we're halfway there. So bring it over. <laughs> yeah. not. Nice. But did yeah, I've do done that?
1: a, uh, we do a little bit of that. I've done a, an air cooled, uh, Volkswagen setup similar to that. It had individual throttles, uh, on it and it was turboed, So it was like a individual throttle with a turbo. Uh, and we ran it, uh, it was flex fuel car as well. So it was like, it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's they're not crazy powerful. I can't remember how much it was. We we overpowered the clutch on the dyno. I remember that we sort of got to the <laughs> limit of the clutch and we were like, all right, that's where we're going to stop for today. Yeah, <laughs> it was. But the owner was stoked because he was like, he was just worried if it was going to run or not, and it was like it definitely ran. And then the only limit we came across was the fact the clutch was probably a little underspec for what it could do. So, couldn't hold yeah. it.
0: What? Uh, so did that have like one of those chambers where it like it filled a a pressure chamber and all the itbs were in it because those engines like the thr- the intake manifold ports are like three feet apart yeah, three feet
1: apart yeah so it, it came up essentially and then the the turbo outlet split and wired off and then the itbs were on each cylinder head so they were sort of you know three feet apart you know what i mean and then oh okay it linked between them so the, yeah. I, the so, like, throttles it were
0: right them, on the head
1: right on the head yep
0: and then it was the turbo outlet was actually split to all four
1: yeah, exactly. It sort of came up and it split, it wired off, and then it went over to the others. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> that yeah, is that was a pretty, that was a pretty like a weird one. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was pretty cool. It was uh, I don't know. I guess things like that are fun to get working. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I've had some strange stuff. Uh, I've had mr two with a turbo Hayabusa engine in it, and both transmissions. Yep, yeah. that I was don't know, interesting.
3: Um,
1: do a a like hill that? climb car that had a, a procharged uh high on methanol that we did for a while. I um ended up crashing it, which was unfortunate. But the yeah, the that was actually quite competitive for a while. A procharged
0: like, Boozer motor.
1: Procharged Boozer in a like a if you look at like European hill climb, so it looks like a Formula One car but a bit smaller. Oh, so it's like an open wheel
0: like Formula like have- slick car. We have like Formula SAE and other hill climb vehicles like that, yeah.
1: Yeah, it would be very similar to a Formula SAE, but yeah, it looks like a, it's like all wings and slicks and aero, and then yeah, pro-charged, Bursa engine on methanol. Yeah, that was a pretty cool thing. It was, yeah, it was crazy <laughs> fast. It was, yeah, it was good.
0: <laughs> That's wild. What? Someone was, my friend was asking, Monkey Fab, he was asking if you guys got Volvos.
1: <laughs> yeah, we got Volvos, yeah.
0: Like the old boxy. They're really common.
1: People put like 1UZs. I don't... Do you guys get 1UZs? The Toyota 4-liter V8? Did you get that?
0: I think that's in some of the older pickups. I bet Mark knows that. Tech Mark on here. He's worked at dealerships and whatnot. I don't know enough about... He just said yes. I think the older... I think the older Tacoma V8s are 1Us. Yeah. Technically. So yeah,
1: pe- pretty common to people put like turbo one ads and 2Js and one J's and that sort of stuff they seem to fit in there fairly well um, we have them popular. for sure oh yeah lexus ls400 that definitely is a one you said. yeah
0: ls yes yeah. sc etc yeah 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 i know yeah. like uh, there's like the yeah i always thought about using one of those and every time i bring it up because i just think they sound pretty cool and it'd be cool to use I forget who al and someone else was like that engine's not that great <laughs> he's like don't oh, even great. waste your time uh, he's like a shitty 5.3 is way better don't even he's like then you have to adapt it and everything and i'm like well that just deflates my boat but all right <laughs> yeah <laughs> that... i won't waste my time now <laughs>
1: They have issues like head gasket retention and stuff. They were just never really designed for big cylinder pressure. You know, they, yeah, they're, they're good for like a bit of fun. And, and yeah, if you pull them up, you know, without trying to lean on them too hard and they do sound good. Um, yeah, they the, sound awesome. But yeah. But, yeah, definitely, like, if you're looking for bank... I guess, like I said, it's so hard for you guys. it's No wonder LS is so popular. You guys can just get them so cheap. It's like, why wouldn't you? You're just mad to do anything else
0: almost. He said the same. He's like, you're just going to launch head gaskets and stuff, making a fraction of the power you're used to, and you're going to be upset. (laughs) Yeah. I said, yeah, I don't want to do that. Thanks for talking me out of it. Yeah, we for a while, I was getting motors for... Right when I started doing LS stuff, they were... You could pull them yourself and it was $86. That's
1: just obscene.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you would have to take cool. off, like, AC and something else. But you could have, like, engine, oil pan to intake with the coil packs on it, most of the accessories, 86 bucks.
1: That's wild. Yeah, and yeah. that's, what, that's how wouldn't we... Even...
0: That's how I learned is I was like, this does not cost that much. It's time to learn.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. You would you wouldn't even be mad about uh than uh than than doing stuff. Somebody's saying Izu one UZ is better than uh one point six. I'm I'm thinking that's uh <laughs> i reckon that's uh that's directed at the uh we had a little izuzi 1.6 on the diner yesterday
0: <laughs> uh, $86 i need to, they're not $86 anymore but they're not even after like ridiculous inflation and other garbage we have going on here i would say a fair price for like a running good iron block ls is still five to six hundred bucks yeah 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 for sure It's not, I mean, it's already, when I was yanking those for 86 bucks, that was like 2005, 2006. So, yeah, that's a while now. It's 20 years. (laughs) But still, yeah, you can easily.
1: They they never were cheap, like really. It was, yeah, they only ever came out like the standard ones come out like in the, you know, SS Commodores and stuff. And then, and then we never even got the truck versions. So it's like, they never really got cheap over here.
0: Similarly, because people, uh, people, we always, uh, friends of mine used to say, someone has a boner for whatever. So people like who had drift cars, people that would do LS swaps would have a boner for like an aluminum LS1. Like a, they're like, I have a real LS1. It's not some garbage 5.3. I'm like, all that yeah. means is you had to tell me you spent two grand for nothing. <laughs> yeah. Because similarly, they would buy like the LS1 and T56. And yeah, it would be two to four thousand dollars, depending on mileage and uh, a t fifty six is worth a million dollars now over here
1: oh uh, so yeah, over here, just crazy it's yeah you're not getting into a t fifty six for under probably three grand or something
0: yes yeah. dumb it's it's so Because 'cause yeah. I've had people for years where they're like, "Why is everything automatic and I'm like <laughs> it's especially if you make decent power and you have a stick, all you're gonna do is destroy the gearbox and clutches and the clutches are going to be (laughs) $3,000. That's why.
1: I've I've actually got an interesting one. I remember I heard you talking about uh, on one of the podcasts about this is something that's probably up your wheelhouse, but uh, I don't know if you've tried before, but on the Terminator X um, with the closed lip boost control, obviously like how it's dome control only. um, I've had pretty good success with running just a single Mac valve, running a dome pressure sensor and you just set it up off compressor and that works Perfect.
0: Yeah, it does work pretty good. Yeah. As the loop, say, yeah the,
1: like that works real good. I've got heaps of cars that run on that. And like obviously like it'd be great if you just had map target, but the the dome target uh with just a single street on the top of a valve works great. And you can do, you know, advanced tables to offset it and stuff. I I remember hearing it in the podcast previously and I was like, I'm not sure if you guys do that, but even just versus a raw duty and RPM or whatever table you want to do. Um, that actually works pretty damn good. I, I have no complaints on that.
0: No, yeah, I mean, that whole system was de- developed from the ground up to do dome control, and it, it's definitely the best way to do it. It's just, uh, it's it's weird once, because I tune a lot of the setups with that, the input dial I, I sell. It's like a wiring harness, and I offset yeah. the the boost amount versus the ethanol amount, and it gets tricky with, like, target amounts to get the right amount I want. Ah, uh, yeah. So I end up doing, like, just... It's so much easier to just set up the car with a raw number and do ethanol versus whatever. Or some of the cars are, I do wheel speed based. And then yep. the dial just has more power per mile an hour. It's just more aggressive and less aggressive. Yeah. So yeah, it
1: worked, would work really well for an auto car, definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah, a bunch of the stuff I've set up, like the, you get it around 850 to the tire, uh, just vehicle speed by, you know, boost uh pretty works extremely well and then especially if you you can offset that table too by like a tps amount so if you back out of the throttle a little it actually lowers the boost feels like a bigger engine it works better because uh, i Mm. think like i've explained you know too a turbo car once the turbo lights off you can go to like a quarter throttle till you start to get some of your engine back
1: oh yeah absolutely at half throttle
0: that thing it doesn't matter (laughs)
1: We, we do um, a quite, pretty common, it's uh, especially, I don't know if you see this as well is probably getting in, in a little more technical stuff, but um, on the new, newer G-series turbine cars, I've found uh, what used to work for wastegate um, now just is nowhere near enough. Um, so we see this commonly on like the inline six stuff, which we do a lot of. Um, typically, they would have like the gate just punched out of the collector. Um and you, you know, everyone to run a 50 mil gate. And these days, if you're like on a G40 or a G forty two or something like that, you won't it like it won't make less than 28 pounds of boost. You know what I mean? Even with a five pound, you can take the spring out of the wastegate, and it'll still make 28 pounds of boost. Wow. Um and so and so then we've been doing a bit of uh stuff where you're actually limiting drive-by wire max angle to help you can like create a pressure differential across the blade and force it to have boost control. Um and it's crazy how much you have to neck them down sometimes, you know, like you might be on a car with a 74 mil throttle or something, you might find that, uh, you know, you have to bring the throttle back down to literally 28 or 30% to get it to like, and it'll still make 15 pounds of boost at 28% throttle. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's dumb. It's always funny to hear. Uh, I. It's always neat. Again, like when you say that you take someone to the track for the first time, it's funny to have someone get in like a 500 plus horsepower turbo automatic car for the first time because a lot of them are used to like pretty anemic small block v8s i would say so there used to be an on the floor to keep that thing like spinning the tires and as soon as they yeah. have like a turbo car you know especially if it has a 4l80 pretty prominently a lot of our stuff has and uh yeah just do 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 all the way up through the gears off the rev limiter and high gear and they're like whoa 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 and it takes them forever to like Lift enough yeah. to not be thrashing the limiter, and you can tell they're just <laughs> totally not used to having that runaway power.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: What was he saying? Aluminum. Oh yeah, they were. Just, people were just talking about one UZ. Someone, you've beaten the Hoff, have you?
1: Yeah, I see. What is that about the? I think that's directed at Paulie.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I just saw the Hoff, and I was like, uh-oh, what does someone say? Yeah, the 1UZ does sound cool, but, like, everybody has explained to me, they're like, it's just trash can. <laughs> it's a cool-sounding yeah. trash can.
1: It's definitely better stuff. It's, I think, it, and the thing is, they're not cheap to modify, either. they got four camshafts, they got all this sort of, like, it's, it's just... It's like a
0: shitty coyote. <laughs> that's true (laughs) it's a d-list coyote no yeah we have and then uh oh what was i gonna what i wanted to do is normally i have time to like make a video and i'm like hey i'm gonna have kai on and you guys should ask questions ahead of time so i didn't even get those we
1: got analog to
0: or are you a fan of adding, I saw nitrous here. Do you, are you a fan of stacking power adders? Do you do a bunch of that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We do it on all of our stuff. I have a, uh, well, most of our smaller cars, obviously you can't run dump valves, like in the gearbox to try and get them to, yeah. you know, like that Corolla converter. Or <laughs> yeah. Cause a lot of times it's like a 120 inch engine or whatever. And it's trying to spool a fucking like 42 or something. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's going to need some kind of help. If you've got a converter, that's worth a shit when it tries to actually couple, you know what I mean? So yeah that but yeah so definitely that's a big thing over here we, we spray nitrous into just about everything to get it up um but yeah the like obviously i saw the other guy commenting about the uh you know 140 pounds per minute of air with uh with no nitrous it would be probably yeah it would look at converted management you know what i mean um i'm assuming he's talking about an auto otherwise if it was a manual car then yeah just a really good two-step strategy you'll get it coming up no problem um but uh yeah the yeah we stack them all the time it's I always find turbo cars seem to just love nitrous that's I mean well actually every car every car loves
0: nitrous yeah they, it's what would you say I have it's funny at least in my area and definitely when I got into cars people are scared so scared of nitrous oxide would you say that people are the same in Australia yeah or
1: definitely the... definitely sheepish I would say yeah and and I think it yeah but i i think i've heard some of your videos on the uh you know like a, a you know a crap a crappy car and just spray it you know and it's like just loves it yeah
0: <laughs> that's how we got into it is we would get because cash for clunkers didn't happen until we got way into the, those old shitty cars which is sad because then we lost them all or the value of them went through the roof it was no there was no point in getting them at that point you couldn't make any money you'd be losing thousands just to destroy them but but yeah i would say it's funny because i got into it uh, just out of pure curiosity trying it and i'm like this is actually extremely easy to manage how are people this dumb but that's with a lot of things in life i think
1: (laughs) I, i think probably one thing i could say though is that like on a more highly modified engine something that's higher strung obviously that tuning window does become smaller you know what i mean like if you've got a you know a a you know, like even a, a basic 5.3 or something like that, and you could spray some, some nitrous into it pretty comfortably. But if you have something that's like a fairly stout, like well-built, like say somebody had something that was like 12.5 or thirteen one compression or whatever, then that tuning window becomes a lot smaller. So if you don't know what you're doing with the nitrous, then um obviously, yeah, you're going to burn some shit up pretty quickly. But I think honestly, like dry nitrous, like the stuff with the whole, and like everything's got it now, the health yeah. and everything like that, um, that a properly set up dry nitrous system these days, um, they've made it very, very good. It's very, very good. It's an excellent pair adder.
0: Yeah, I just it's funny how people are scared of it, and then uh, I mean, I have I have sprayed on top of some crazy stuff, but yeah, it's funny how uh, I remember when I was jetting, I was jetting my Colorado. I put the. I was making like 996 rear wheel, 992. It was one of those days where you're making like 10 away from a thousand to the tire, and I was like, this thing just will not go. And it was neat because Nitrous Outlet had reached out to me, and they're like, hey, we'd like to help you cross that four digit barrier. <laughs> so they sent me a a wet plate kit. But what I did was I ran the regular solenoid and the purge solenoid. I, I ran dry into both sides of the wet plate oh yeah and then i did 235 jets which is like 50 horsepower to the tire but yeah. since it was on 18 pounds it was 153 rear wheel per jet so it was like 330 yeah. some horsepower to the tire yeah
1: yeah yeah i would say that's a similar experience what i've seen with boosted stuff is that like yeah I've i've sprayed you know like 100 or you know, 75 we normally use like a 75 or 100 shot to spool just so you're not dicking around on the converter forever you know what i mean on small stuff you just want to come up quick yeah and um yeah i've then I've we feed that back in down track on top of 40 pounds boost or whatever and and yeah like on pumpy 85 seems to love it so
0: <laughs> yeah it goes way it always makes way more uh i've had people criticize they're like why is the jet so small and then it makes like 186 rear wheel and they're like well, that's a lot. Why is it? <laughs> mm. I'm like, yeah, that's why you start with the 35 shot, 35 jet. Yeah. Chief. It's basically, I mean, like, per, it's like double per atmosphere, essentially just like the engine, I feel like. Yeah. So if you have a 100 shot on 14 pounds, it's basically 200 or more. And then, yeah, yeah, I think they just, you know, they're best friends, so it always ends up being more than you figure
1: yeah, yeah, that'd be that mirror my ex- experience as well as yeah, spraying on a, on top of boost is that yeah, definitely definitely very effective. <laughs> we've we used it a lot to get little little cars out of the hole as well, like little 120 inch engine or something, you know, like um trying to get that thing to 60 foot, you know what I mean? A lot of the time, uh, you know, that's where we'll we'll use a, a spooling spooling you know a, a spooling shot to get it up onto the converter, and then while it's sitting on the two step, it won't be on the spray. But then once the trans brakes relief, we'll bring the spray back in again. That really helps to push a converter and flash the converter. and get
0: Oh, the nice. To get it out to 60, 60 foot. really well. I've said yeah, that to people. Yeah. People would think I'm kidding when I'm like, because everybody wants a very streetable car. But then they're mad that it like foot brakes on one six twice a year. <laughs> like just like yeah. they go like twice a year. But then getting a looser converter would get them to 60. But then it wouldn't drive nice. And I'm like, just hit it with like 150 shot out of the hole. And yeah. shut it off. You can. I mean, the Holly, obviously, you know. But we're explaining to people you can easily shut the nitrous off on like ten pounds, or so, you can literally use it just to scoot the car and shut off, and yeah. that'll get you like a one thirty instead of a one sixty. And obviously, that's significant change. And uh, oh, people yeah. people act like that's like such a crazy thing to do or ask for. And I'm like, why? That's if you're going to use it twice a year, and you're the converter is perfect for the other three hundred and sixty days a year i don't understand why but yeah it's it's such an easy thing to do also but yeah it'll cut three tenths out of your 60 on a truck uh no problem yeah but yeah i always i feel like everybody's scared of it and man i was like it's difficult to hurt something with nitrous in my opinion geez what are you guys doing i always i mean i figure a lot of nitrous people their shit isn't running good on motor to begin with and then they're saucing it yeah. On top of it, and then you're asking them how they're tuning it, and they're just counting how many plugs they burned off. <laughs>
1: yeah, or they've just got a really shitty ignition system, like you said, and it's like not actually burning it up, and then it'll pop the intake off it or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, or they're,
0: it. yeah, something funny, and they're just, they're using the jets on the card, which is always like a 9 8 air fuel, and they're just puddling their intake and just fireballing it. Yeah. yeah. Or, or they're like a lot of people. At least I feel like in the East Coast, like when C5 and C6 Corvettes came out, I feel like dudes were just putting dry kits on and fast and furiousing them with buttons. Yeah. And they're all driving like stick shift cars and they bog them and burp the hood off the car. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, a window switch costs like a hundred bucks and it actually makes <laughs> the car fast and consistent. Unlike, yeah, anyway. Oh, what were, uh... You guys have TH, you guys have glides out the wazoo, right? Like everything used to have a glide, so at least you have those.
1: Uh, yeah, we had, yeah, I mean, and a lot of the stuff these days, like, because a stock glide, most people won't run a stock glide case up over. That's true, like, they're garbage. Yeah, like they explode and tranquilia. Um, I feel like
0: you guys don't have as many TH400s.
1: I'd say that's probably changing. I would say probably over the last five years now, like, pretty much most of the cars that were going. Glider now moving over to four hundreds, I would say, um and then obviously like in our bigger radial racing stuff, like we, everyone just uses the same stuff. Like everything's got an M and M two speed in it, pretty much, you know. I mean? oh, like, okay. You know, with the lock up or something. Like in the in the big like yeah, you know, our big radial racing, so to speak, every, it's literally just like copy and paste from what you guys are running. Um, maybe a couple of years older. Um, but yeah, they're definitely more of the street style stuff. A lot of the LS based stuff we do these days is all th 400 stuff yeah like pretty much everything because you guys don't LS really turbos. have
0: ades because you never got work vans and trucks
1: again never we never got ades all the oh. ades have to be brought over yeah. i wonder so how it would they, be they there if you
0: guys just AD. had those because again Boy, that's that, like the 80 dollar engines we used to be you could for a while for under 500 bucks you could have a 60 and an ade yeah
1: wow no that's no, out of an eight like truck big, just the, like the,
0: bloop right out of it no problem put it in the back yep. of your truck
1: yeah that just sounds absurd to us that like yeah the best we got was a 4l 65 which as you know is yeah it's
0: nothing not, not it's like a it's a 60e with like an extra planetary gear or something like that
1: yeah exactly it's supposed to be an extra a, pinion gear on one of the planet it's the the same, same but it's still like <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: yeah that's yeah, funny we have it. I wonder if you guys have something. Well, I mean you guys, the Barras and all of the cool like Fords and whatnot, but I wonder if you guys have anything. Do you guys have any like common autos that are good that aren't, you guys don't have the ADE. You, the 6L80 is also just probably super expensive because it's all of those high-end cars, right?
1: Correct. And then the other thing with the 6L80 is that it doesn't really gel super easily with like, I know that terminators just brought out the 6L80 like, uh,
0: yeah, it's hard because it's That's that mechatronic operating system, and it has to be exactly, very yeah. happy. The, the
1: transmission has its own control unit, so there's, it sort of limits you to what like options you've got. So, like I said, now nah, like pretty much everything has got a 400 in it or a glide, um, pretty well. Uh, like, and that so again, that becomes expensive straight away because it. Uh, you know glides and 400s they're all fully you know built They're aftermarket case a lot of the time you know because it's hard to find a stock core that's any good you know what i mean so yeah, a lot of people go straight to a reed case or something you know and um yeah it's it's not cheap but that's no bad. i didn't really like there's the factory ford six speed is a like it's a zf like a you know, zf gearbox like a six hp they're pretty good but again it's like if you're trying to a lot of the these days i think it's the same everyone wants a thousand horsepower streetcar and if you want yeah, a thousand horsepower gears. streetcar yeah, you just skip all that and just put a TH four hundred in it. And forget about it. Like, yeah, it yeah.
0: it takes. Yeah, you have so much power, you don't need all the ratios. Yeah, I agree. I have the six L eighty because Holly just came out with that controller, and I was such a loud mouth about them not doing it for so long that, like, the day they yeah. announced the controller, I'm like, all right, I'm throwing my my transmission away in my car that I just built. Uh, I built two <laughs> cars last year. And uh, one of them's a Ford Fairmont, and I put the six 80 e in the Ford Fairmont.
1: Yeah, I think they're they're a good like the six 80s are We got those standard in like VEVF Commodores and stuff like that. Yeah, and, they're awesome. Uh, yeah, they're a, they're a great gearbox. They're they're great. It's like I think, like I said, for the uh, like the hot rodding community that's building to swap cars and stuff, because it, that's only now trickling through where you're starting to be able to get aftermarket ECUs that'll talk to that. I think it yep. will maybe see it be a lot more popular now. Um, but yeah, otherwise everything was just, yeah, pretty much all the hot roddy sort of cars it would have would be glide or 400.
0: Yeah. I'm curious how it's working really, really well, but I won't be happy. I don't want to say it's working really well to people until like I have a radial, I have two fifty five tires. I want to put on that car. It's a, it's a Fox, you know what a Fairmont is? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it, it's basically a Fox body, so I just want to go to the track and go, like, it made 570 to the tire, roughly, and it weighs, yeah. like, under 3,000 pounds. So it'll fly, yeah. and especially because yeah. that first gear ratio is, like, a 408 or a 403, it'll probably do, Crazy. like, a one-foot wheelie just coming off idle. <laughs> probably. It has a, there's a centrifugal blower company up here called Torque Storm, so it has one of their 75-millimeter blowers on it. And it's okay. otherwise it's a stock iron six liter with like a cam and the blower and a 6L80. Yeah. But I want to see it hammer all the gears, like shift. I have I have it geared pretty short, but it'd be cool to see it shift like into fifth and have no problems. And I can say to people like, hey, it's it's actually good because <laughs> tap shift and everything, it drives like a, like a tuned OEM six speed. Like it drives exactly like you want it to and everything's great. But yeah. I don't want to be like it works great and three people buy it and then I have to tune the car and they won't stop smashing the rev limiter and then now I'm responsible.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Cause swapping. That, so that's got the Holly. That's got the Holly six L eighty control on it, does it?
0: Yeah, and essentially all it does is it takes. I, and I keep asking, and I'm not getting answers out of my Holly guys. So I don't know if there's there's probably like a giant Holly firmware update that's going to happen, as it yeah. always is happening with every ECU manufacturer. Because you can't do 6L80E control with the Dominator yet.
1: Yeah, that seems absurd.
0: <laughs> so it seems like to me the Dominator hardware is really old. So maybe it doesn't have that can, the second can channel. Because on the Terminator, you use can wires in the drive-by-wire harness.
2: Ah, I okay. So there's
0: engine yep. one and two, which is like inputs, outputs. And then there's drive-by-wire and then there's transmission is how the four plugs on a terminator x max is and then a dominator has two more in the center that are literally just for io it's got like a hundred inputs and outputs
1: 50 inputs and outputs beast
0: yeah but you actually pin the that harness into the drive-by wire so i almost wonder if there's no can2 channel like a chip at all because the dominator is like 15 years old or more now Mm-hmm. or they can do it and they just they're waiting for some giant release they don't want to talk about but what's odd is they That's, won't say yes or no <laughs> well even the other thing
1: i have customers with it because you see the terminator v3 update has now can do like wheel speed cal- wheel slip do, calculation can, natively i was
0: blown away because i there's stuff that yeah. they don't put in that i think they could easily and i bitch and then for no reason they give like motorsport grade traction control for nothing and didn't say a word about it and you're like, I didn't I ask for that, but that, wow, that's awesome. But you didn't do what I asked for, but I can't, yeah, it's I like, can't it's like complain, still not there, but yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I can't complain. Well, the engine safeties tab. Yeah. Yeah. But, Dominator has. But like, changed. yeah, like
1: to do the same thing with a Dominator, you got to do it with like a heap of outputs and stuff to like, you know, to calculate yeah, wheels and stuff. And like, I've done it all before, but it's like the terminator has a drop down they
0: gave (laughs) yeah they like made a literally because i remember when the software dropped and i was like whoa i'm kind of blown away by how nice those traction control drop down is yeah but they can't have an ethanol one that does like five settings easily Mm. or a health one like the haltec codes or whatever else but i mean there's workarounds obviously but there's no just dedicated thing which blows my mind but yeah well, here we are.
1: <laughs> I know. I I was blown away when I opened V three and I saw the traction control. I was like, "What? What? What?" That's like, what I how? said.
0: I was and, like, "This is and this someone screwed up."
1: I thought the same because then I have customers with the Dominator, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to put that on my one," and I'm like, "Yeah, it's not in Dominator yet." Or
0: they have <laughs> to pay it. the money for the drive shaft, like the Davis oriented yeah. traction control. People that might not know that guys in the Dominator software. There is trash control that you have to pay more for, but it's drive shaft acceleration speed oriented for like just yeah. drag racing. Yeah, not like and active. Like I've done the.
1: You, you can do a wheel slip calculation with an output channel, and I have done that on Dominators before. And then you use that to output. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know? yeah, yeah. And but it's like it's a it's a stuff around essentially. You know what I mean? To, yeah, to all of it is, is a
0: workaround. But the Terminator yeah. got it for free, like really overqualified setup it's funny yeah yeah mark just said the the product key for it is 500 bucks
1: yeah exactly but yeah
0: yeah But yeah the six the 6l all it essentially is doing is the holly in itself is translating to gm can language and then it's just spitting like i think i've scanned over 16 pids with hp tuners so, yeah. the Holly is just spitting GM, RPM, torque output amount, and you can, it actually has custom tables. You can spoof your own torque amounts so you can make tuning yeah. it really easy. And then I've been developing like a, uh, a TCM file with HP tuners to try to make it all easiest back and forth. So, I got yeah. like tap yeah. shift working and all sorts of easy. And then I have a friend up the street that's putting a 6L e in a 300ZX. And we're going to load everything that works in mine into his. And if his works, then it's like it's the the, you it's know, the bass tune for everything then. Because
1: probably still more testing than what some people drop is.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so the because people are like, Matt, make a 6L80 video, do the 6L80 stuff. And I was like, guys, it is so complicated. And I don't want to be like, it's good uh, at all until like I said, I, that car has to make a pass and just rifle gears, because a 6L80E can, but can they do it together? Uh, Because right now, I mean, it makes 600 rear wheel. It weighs 2,800 pounds, and it has, like, dry, hard soap for tires. So you can (laughs) smash the tires off from a roll in fifth sometimes. Yeah. And I can't – I mean, it shifts great, but it has no load on it. It's just annihilating the tire, so – uh, like, yeah. I, I've showed people videos where, like, I'll stop and do a burnout, and it goes, what, what, what? It goes, like, into fourth. And yeah. it, I'm like, it's working great. It's shifting extremely fast. But, uh, yeah. Had it set up to lock up. Yeah, the the other issue, people, uh, 6L80E has, like, 75 operating systems from GM. Yeah. So that's why I'm developing something that works with all the Holly stuff, and then I'm just going to give out that. 8, uh, 6l80e hp tuners file for yeah. everybody
1: consolidated file would make so much sense for most of the swap guys like you're talking about like that's just going to be all they need that's going to work perfect
0: yeah because there's dedicated buttons on the drive-by-wire or the transmission harness for a tap shift up and down and second transmission mode like tow haul or whatever yeah, yeah. so you can have a mode that's like obsessed with locking up for if you're cruising And you just need to have the tranny cool and get good mileage. And then, yeah, it's nice. Uh, All of that finally is working. For the longest time, I couldn't get my tap shift to work. And I don't know why. And I fixed it the one day. And I don't know how. And I don't care.
1: (laughs) It works. I had to change like
0: a thousand settings for like allowing tap up and tap down. And, of course, (laughs) like I was talking to the guy at Holly and he's like, yeah, no one else really has this problem. I'm like, yeah, I do, because I said I would make it work and hand it out to everybody. <laughs> That's why it's being an asshole yeah. right now.
1: I saw someone's commented about the converter lockup at 100% throttle. I'd definitely say if you're running a high stall, you want to, because a lot of the time, all the high stalls and the 6Ls, like they have a reduced converter clutch like diameter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've found you definitely want to be not trying to lock that thing up if it's got any kind of serious power going through it, because it'll burn that thing up. Pretty easy,
0: yeah, what is this what Find a good one, toss in a better, yeah, there's all sorts of yeah, there's a bunch of issues with that. the the six l from the factory is just what sucks is everybody a lot of people hate on that transmission, but rightfully so because a lot of the programming from the factory was awful. Yeah, and all it needs is to be told what to do and then it works great it literally goes from a transmission where people are like i wish i didn't have this i wish i had a 4l60 and then once it has like a decent tune-up in it it takes 30 seconds and then uh they drive it and they're like this is the best transmission i've ever had like it goes totally from black and white so quickly uh but yeah that's it has a it has a bad rap but Like I said, I had that G8, and I put 85,000 miles on it, and it made 555 to the tire. Yeah. And I just, it would chirp fourth gear, like, every day. I just beat the tar. I was a teenager, and I had a 555 horsepower G8 in, like, 2010. Yeah. So, I just beat the pants off of that car. I did a GPS-indicated, like, I think in fifth, it would do 186 at the top of fifth gear because it had 6 well, but it was too long to, it wouldn't accelerate and I'm like I'm just going to burn the yeah. car down but it would easily I've posted a bunch on YouTube the videos of it it would just go straight up to 186 miles an hour <laughs> <laughs> and was crazy I've never had a car that was kind of that nice before I always had really crappy cars the car that car is like dead quiet till like 120 inside there's no yeah. like wind yeah. noise so you're like I'm not actually going this fast. It was weird.
1: Yeah, no, they they're quite comfortable. They they do sit like so easily at, at yeah, high speed. Feels you like just 115
0: cruising. on the highway at like a low RPM and just cruising. No problem for those stupid cars. <laughs> I got so many tickets in that car. Holy cow. <laughs> just no re. and what's funny is I had stock axle back on it, so it was quiet, too. Yeah. But yeah, I would do like donuts and intersections with that. Like total stupid Aussie kid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's common over here. Just Except there's to my only all the V six ones, because they they can't afford they can't afford the V eight, so it's all the V six ones over here.
0: Oh nice. <laughs> nice.
1: They sound horrible. It's like
0: it's Yeah, like the a, Chevy V six infinity are some or whatever, the, worst the exhaust ever. Cut off. Tune my 18 do you guys do do you do a bunch of hp tuner stuff stock ecu stuff
1: yeah yeah we do a lot of the yeah so you get hp tuners for a lot of the gm and we even do some dodge based stuff um we do uh mustang as well i I do a, a bit of the mustang stuff not a heap of it but it's uh but yeah it's still do a bit of the mustang coyote stuff um i also do stock ecu stuff i do a fair few subarus and stuff as well um so i do like subaru stock ecu and and yeah a handful of stuff and then obviously the ford stuff as well so ford barra and all that sort of stuff we use hp tuners oh, that yeah, supports like true. hp tuners supports ford barra over that's, here yeah well,
0: um, i feel dumb for asking and there's but... another
1: company yeah there's another company called pcm tech that do uh a little more tailored packages for the Barra ecu as well like for factory Barra ECU. They i have heard about custom. them
0: they have os updates for some of the truck stuff too right they're kind of breaking ground
1: correct yeah yeah they got uh, i think they're even doing some stuff on the mustang stuff as well yeah
0: um i've yeah. heard people talk about them because they have like modified stock files and have added flex and some other stuff right
1: yeah correct Yeah. yeah you can do flex and they change a bunch of the way that i don't know if you've ever you probably haven't come across but the ford uh the Aussie Ford stuff is interesting uh, like because at, at the time, I think most of your guys Ford operating systems were all math based, whereas ours are all speed density based. And so they have a fairly interesting little speed density algorithm because they're dual variable cam timing as well. So they have some pretty interesting. Like it's like virtual VE fairly-
0: where it's got like four tables.
1: Correct, yeah, it's like that. It's got like virtual VE versus cam, cam angle low, and then overlap. Cam
0: high, yeah, like a K-series or Correct, something?
1: Correct, yeah. And that's its, that's its only load calculation. They don't even have a mass airflow sensor. Like it's not, they don't have one. So it's, uh yeah, getting your head around that the first time you have a tune on, it takes a little bit because it's not like a, there's, and it doesn't have, in like the, obviously like E38 and stuff, you know, like you can see the virtual VE, but with the Barra stuff, they never added that because it's like us Aussies are like, oh, who cares? How many of you guys are doing like five years <laughs> or whatever? So, like, especially for like a taxi
0: engine, technically, yeah,
1: exactly. But yeah, getting your head around it is uh, is definitely a bit. But yeah, it's it's actually quite clever, honestly, how well it works. Of how like yeah, when you actually understand it, it's like well, this is pretty clever how they've done this.
0: Yeah, I don't, I do not like doing the stock Ford stuff because of all of like the. I don't, uh, I have so much in my brain already and for what I do, and I just do cars for fun. Once I started seeing like the torque-based OSs and all the Ford stuff, and I was like, I don't even care to learn any of this stock Ford stuff. Uh, I don't, (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) Because everything is, uh, I mean, I understand like you can take a 700 horsepower blower car that could be really touchy and make it extremely drivable in every aspect. But I'm like, man, they just seem to, it, it definitely my brain was having trouble like gathering all of that the first couple of times i tried and i was like no i'm just yeah. gonna floor some holly piece of junk cars here and just be happy
1: <laughs> oh absolutely there's a lot to it that's uh uh yeah i'd say that they're saying a lot of the more modern stuff on the comments there is is speed density but yeah like at the time you gotta remember barra was like 2005 uh is yeah. when it came out so i think in 2005 most of the stuff was math based still in
0: correct yeah. Yeah, I was gonna ask yeah. that too when Dale was saying that. Yeah. I was gonna say like O three Cobra was zero to five volt meter based, and you yeah. guys were already density by then. Correct.
1: Yeah. So that's where I think it was at the time. Like now, we're kind of all used to the crazy talk, and you know, like a you know, like a coyote tune. It's got twenty six bloody maps of you know. Oh, yeah. Of the, the first time I touched a car like that,
0: someone was like, "You have to data log which table it's using predominantly and edit that one." And I was like, I'm going to do it caveman style, and I'm going to make every table the same, and then it's always going to do the same thing I ask it to, and then it worked. And I was like, oh, look, 1997 F-body versus uh, 2027 Mustang, same thing. (laughs) Yeah. B.A. Falcon was 0-2. Yeah, everything was still largely meter-based for Fords. I feel like yeah. not until gen, like, uh, 2011, I think, is when Ford finally was, like, hertz-based metering stuff. Yeah. And then they went to, now I know, like, Dale is saying, like, all the eco boosting up, I would say, like, what, 13, 16 or something, all the trucks and everything yeah. are yep. speed density again. Yeah,
1: I saw them asking as well, but, yeah, most of our Coyotes are 5Os, yeah, quite, um, yeah, like most of our Mustangs are coyotes. They're, you can get EcoBoost over here, but they're just like I think it's, they're not popular. Yeah, like, good.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hate that when I see like a nice newer Mustang and it's like has the four cylinder turbo. I don't know why. I shouldn't yeah. care, but it's like blah blah blah, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> why? Oh, yeah. Why did you do that? Yeah. It sounds terrible. The yeah. V8 cars sound terrible too. Like, uh, I'm happy a lot of other people share it. But whenever I go on a tangent and I make memes making fun of everyone with a coyote that's loud, that is like, it sounds great. And we're like, no, literally everybody thinks it sounds awful. How do you not know it's awful?
1: <laughs> oh Yeah, I don't know what it is but with those, but a coyote with not enough mufflers on it is like, I don't know, it takes a special kind of person to think that sounds good.
0: There. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's who can be the loudest. Yeah, do you have... What was I gonna? You have a Dyna Pack, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So four-wheel drive Dyna Pack. Yeah, it's made in New Zealand. Yeah, that's
0: what Evans has also. Evans has had a Dyna Pack since like ninety or like nineteen ninety nine or something like that.
1: Yeah, I've seen a few of his videos, and the uh, he has a like a academy thing or something. Doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he
0: has yeah. a. He was one of the first people. I did a radio show with him. I'd love to have him on again. He only lives like an hour from here at his shop and everything, and. EPA was like one of the he was one of the first people to get totally hammered by the EPA Over here. Yeah, right like 10 years ago. They smacked him with like two million dollar suit well, wow. and that was when And even after that people seem to forgot about it until like I would say last three years They've been going after people pretty heavy and now people on like the internet and YouTube are like. Oh, no But man forever ago. They came down on that dude. I don't know if someone didn't like him or what something someone did not like him or or they wanted their civic tuned and he said no because he's a man of principle and he was probably said no forever and they were like they developed the epa just to get back at jeff evans maybe (laughs) it seemed very personal when they went after him so i don't know what happened
1: that well i heard about that happening a little while ago we're lucky that i mean touch on wood you know touch everything i can but over here it's pretty like we have some crazy rules for driving cars on the street like what you guys would think are crazy like stuff that's illegal you know what i mean like yeah I, I hear it all but, the
0: time it's pretty wild like that they can just defect you and like take your shit and crush it
1: yeah like to an extent you'd have to be pretty unlucky for them to crush it straight up like a lot of the time that's like if you if you were caught doing donuts at the front of the kindergarten or something then, yeah, they're probably gonna <laughs> you know they're gonna crush your car but um, like if you were just driving your hot rod down the street and your exhaust is too loud, like they'll they'll just come and tell you like your exhaust is too loud and and like fix it sort of thing. But yeah, they do sort of also then go. But if you don't fix it, then yes, we're going to take your registration off you.
0: You know what I mean? Wild, so, yeah. Um, you could you could just yell at a police officer and make a YouTube video about it here and get away with it. So
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. No, oh, I guess back to the DynaPack. Yeah, we've had it for like ten years. Yeah, and it's yeah going good
0: yeah he was I remember way back when he got that he's like I bought it from Australia and I'm like first a hub back then I was like this makes well, it, it makes sense because Evans is like a super intelligent cyborg so <laughs> uh, it makes sense for him to like choose something like that that's been reliable this long but yeah I was uh, I had my car there forever ago I built a turbo Civic and had him tune it for fun as like a, he didn't really know who I was but I just did my own yeah. stupid car stuff. But he's always had a business; he's a professional, and uh, I'm totally not. But I built a turbo Civic, and I kind of trolled him. Like I, I bought injectors and ECU pre flashed from him, Honda, and then uh, yeah. I had I set up a tuning day with him and everything, and I had him tune it, and I acted like a total idiot and just annoyed him the whole time. And then towards <laughs> the end, like when he was making good power, I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, did you end up? after saying the most the dumbest shit in the world i'm like oh did you end up on like 25 pounds and like closer to 10 degrees getting close to single digits and you're quitting right and he looks at me like what the hell because <laughs> that's exactly where i had ended up also like as far as i didn't want to push it anymore and i purposely pushed it and broke it a few times and backed it back down but yeah it, it was funny to have just like say the dumbest shit to him like i put in champion spark plugs from my lawnmower and some other i don't know i just literally for two hours i said the dumbest shit and i could tell i was annoying the hell out of him so but after all that then he's like oh you're that guy
1: (laughs) yeah
0: i'm like yeah unfortunately that's me
1: no i've always really tuned on a hub um i have tuned on a roller before but yeah i i kind of uh i cut my teeth on on a hub and then i've always just yeah i I just like it. I think honestly, sometimes it's faster if you're doing something sort of complex because it once it's sort of on, it's on. You don't have to restrap it or do anything like that. Obviously, wheel spins not a thing. Yeah, um, yeah. I find it very repeatable. Like I could, you know, run a car, make no change, and see no change in the dyno, which I think is good. Definitely, the one of the things with the pack is their torque holding ability is not the highest. Ours is the biggest. Like the what what one I use is the highest rated one which is like 4500 newton meters at the axle so per axle so but if you think about that that's really not that hard to do like that'd be like it's like 3500 foot pounds or whatever it's somewhere around there but it's 4500 newton meters is what it is so even a car like say for example if you get a ls car a lot of the time if we're making up over a thousand we have to sort of bring the boost in and ride the torque limit to be able to get there if we just tried to smack it you know what i mean it would over talk the dyno straight away oh Um, wow so yeah
0: does the car just but, uh, like, does it go to the is it like a clutch or like a tire spin then does it just the nah, what it'll do it is
1: it it tries to just clamp um at the point where you've exceeded it um and it basically just flashes a big red screen and says you know over torque reduce oh it's torque like hey i can't sort of hold it, it.
0: don't <laughs> please stop yeah yeah It's just
1: like don't back off you know I mean. having said that i've done it a lot of times now and like it's not like you can just you shut the system down turn it back on again and be like okay i just got to bring the boost in a little slower through there you know what i mean a lot of the time when i'm dyno tuning a car like that we'll just have the boost profiled off drive shaft speed or something so i can literally just watch it and just try and like ride that torque limit as long as i can
0: yeah yeah yeah, that is interesting because I mean, I obviously love like I'd love to have like a load bearing or whatever, but I have like a funny situation where I inherited basically the dyno that I use and it's just a inertia roller and I've I've used ones with load bearing and it's nice to have, but uh, definitely for higher horsepower stuff, I wish I had it. Every now and then I'll take uh, a friend of mine that I tune at also Maple Grove Automotive. He has the same exact dyno I have, but with the eddy current brake. And it is nice, but what's funny is I. What's funny is uh, you might have know, done it too, but depending on how many dinos you've used. But like on, I have a DinoJet 224, the 24-inch roller. So some cars yep. won't make, especially a diesel that definitely doesn't have like it's not pulling a sixty-thousand-pound trailer. It has trouble hitting full boost on an inertia, yep. Dyno that weighs yes. two thousand pounds, and the truck weighs ten. So that's not appropriate yep. situation, but uh, but for a lot of things it works great. Coffee? No, it
2: coffee? Whoa, uh,
0: yeah, coffee? yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I just got offered coffee. I'm not gonna say no. Wow. <laughs> um. Oh, where was it? I noticed, like, like you nicked the head gasket, and I was gonna say, yeah. What's funny on an inertia dyno, uh, I would say a small percentage of cars can't hit. So, say on the street, it makes 18 pounds, and on my dyno, it makes 14. Because it's inertia, it doesn't have that, the converter, it's just not hitting exactly the same. And then what's funny is, like, you're like, we've made 100 passes in this car, I make a stupid dyno hit and rip my head gasket, because the dyno can grab the car way lower than it. And that's a thing that Holdener and I go back and forth with, too, because he has that engine dyno, and he can put the shittiest twin turbos on in the world and spool the thing at, like, 2,000 RPM. And I'm like, you can brick wall that. He knows it too. But I'm like, guys, you can't, that measured amount of torque, what I've noticed is on my inertia dyno, I don't make nearly as much torque as the loaded dyno does. Yeah. Because it can just grab the converter and everything down low. And whereas when I'm freewheeling it just with the 2,000 pounds, it doesn't happen. But it's like uh, same but different.
1: Like I said, that where we nicked the head gasket in the car, that was actually when we we pulled the head off it and um and pulled the wastegate off. The wastegate was it was literally seized in the guide again. I've had an, a couple problems. One, the first time we put the car together at the track, we uh, started the car up on the third day, like it was like a drag and drive event, and the third day of the drag and drive event, the car started up and you could hear the exhaust gas just coming out of the wastegate at idle. Oh uh, like, a little oh, great. stem and. Yeah, and the, the 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 valve was locked in the stem. Like, literally, like, you couldn't move it. It was stuck, like, five mil off the seat. So we ended up pulling it apart at the track and, like, ran a drill bit through it. And I had, like, emery tape and, you know, put the head of the valve of the wastegate in a drill and then had some emery tape on some pliers to, like, linish the shaft back again. And, like, all this stuff, I was like, okay, I need to change this wastegate. But then at the same time, I put it back together and then it seemed to work half okay. So yeah, I just left it must it, have got you know a burr. I mean? And so then, was and then literally on the dyno, we're making that video... And it's just like, it's never like I've run a hundred percent duty every single time, third and fourth gear, a hundred percent. You duty fire up every a video class, camera
0: it's and it's lunch meat.
1: <laughs> yeah, literally this time. And the boot just goes straight to like 32. And then like you're saying, like, because it's a load bearing dyno, it tries to make the RPM graph perfectly linear every time. So you tell it like, okay, I want you to go from 3000 RPM to 8,000 RPM. And then you tell it an RPM per second to yep. target. And so say, for example, 1, we're ramping really at 600 RPM a second. Yeah. And but then as the car starts to make talk really aggressively, what it, it does is it harder. tries to load it exactly, it's a it's a PID loop. So it's yep. trying to forward feed and crab the car down. And so what it ended up doing, if you look at the data log is the rpm came up and then it just like flat lined at like 4500 rpm and like 32 pounds of boost and just kicked the gasket i was like uh, it's like literally if that was on the street it would have just zet the tires you know what yeah I mean? like it exactly wouldn't have, it wouldn't have done that you know what i mean so it's like at the same time it's like yeah that was kind of because we were on here that it did that because yeah anyway. but but yeah like i said if, if the gate didn't stick it would have been fine also but anyway you get that
0: yeah i remember him saying that you guys found a burr when you took it apart
1: Oh, yeah. It was, we literally, you put your foot up, your, your thing, finger, your fingers on the valve, and it just is so, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's just so spot. notchy. It's like, it's just galled up the shaft again, which I was like, ah, that's my fault. I knew it was dodgy. I should have changed it.
0: <laughs> I've done that too. In the, put it in a press, and the, the, the valve guide is like relaxed and it slides now. And you put a drift pin in and you, you, uh, You like ball peen the edges around so it can't slide. Yeah. Yeah, You do some disgusting stuff and the the car runs and then you forget about it. Yeah. I always say like, uh, let's tell, tell ourselves we'll fix it later. You know, when you're doing something like that, you're like, yeah, we'll fix it later. Right. And find it, it was, broken. It was and... one of
1: those things. Like, we needed to get it working for the for the day of racing. And yep. then it worked. And then it did a whole other, like, two events after that. <laughs> with that you know. And then it's like, it's like, oh, okay, maybe maybe it's okay.
0: The camera. The camera did it. Yep. I'm used to that, yep. too. Like, whenever if I do a project and I'm like, if I say it's going to do this, it's never going to do it. So, I did one called 8s uh, for 8. And I was like, this thing is going to... Anytime I deem something, uh, I build, like, almost 100% streetable cars. And eights for Eight was, like, the only one I deemed, like, a real race car. Like, it, we had yeah. to tow it to the track. And uh, I was like, this thing is definitely going to eat my lunch. <laughs> it did, a little bit.
1: But... How did it go? I, uh, I'm assuming it was a success?
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it, it went eights for eight. But, like, I had every strange failure I've never had, ever, because... You know, I said it would do that, and it would do that on. But oh man, no, I'm not going on no you have to come over really far for them to see you.
2: Really
0: Thank you. Yeah. Does not want to be on camera. <laughs> ah, Roger. Is it, is it going, yeah. yeah, want to say hi? Is it a Yeah. Is it's phone? Aussie. Yeah, what does he do? He tunes. Oh, uh, a real tuner. He's a real tuner. My wife always says, is that a real tuner? Because I'm not a tuner. Ah. <laughs> Close that. I can feel it. Specialized? I don't know. You said you do a lot. You do like Subaru, K-Series, LS, Barra. Well,
2: you specialize in LS. Yeah. TJ I primarily
0: Ali. do Turbo LS. Yeah. He does like everything. Okay. Yeah, he's a real tuner. Nice. Real tuna. Okay. T-U-N-A or T-O-O-N-A. <laughs> yeah. Yes, thank what you. What time is it in Australia right now? Did you
1: hear that? What time? Uh, it's twelve thirty
0: p.m. P.m. Yeah, so it's time to punch a freaking kangaroo. <laughs> Did you hear what she said? <laughs> no, Time I to didn't punch hear a that. kangaroo in the face. is what she said. <laughs>
1: I'd have to go find one. They're pretty fast.
0: <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Really don't. I mean, other than like a wallaby, you don't really want to mess with one because they get gigantic. They're basically like our deer, but much worse, right?
1: Yeah, like a big a big red is pretty big. Like it'll stand taller than you if it stands up.
0: Yeah, yeah. they uh, like yeah, on yeah. their legs. They're like seven feet, two hundred and fifty pounds or something outrageous.
1: Yeah, and they got claws. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and they'll grab you and just pretty... eviscerate you with their rear legs and stuff. Or yeah, I, I read... pissing them off though. Yeah. What's that?
1: They'd, you'd have to be pissing them off. They're pretty docile normally. Oh, like okay. A big red, it'd be... Yeah, like the males can be aggressive. A lot of the time that people get in flights with them is they are uh, trying to rescue their dogs because... I was it, just going
0: to say, I've, I've, uh, I heard about that like this year. I've never heard about that before. That they will try to drown animals. They'll like yeah. lead them into yeah. water and then drown them.
1: Yeah, they can do, yeah. They're <laughs> like, pretty... What? Having said that, that's definitely not common like oh, okay. most of the around here on the east coast where we are like closer to the ocean you we just get wallabies and 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 the roos that they're, they're very placid they just hop away they're just yeah, not interested in you
0: yeah yeah that's what i was surprised that someone was saying like any of the fun ones are just the stupid fun ones but the asshole ones are like the big desert ones that'll just
1: yeah yeah more in the middle there yeah bigger and more aggressive. But yeah. I
0: feel like everything in the middle of Australia is basically the day is trying to kill you. So
1: <laughs> Oh yeah.
0: Isn't it? It's summer. You guys are 100% opposite, so it's like hot as hell down there probably, right?
1: Yeah, well, what? Right, today's not too bad because it's raining, but yeah, I, I it was yeah, we've had a string of, you know, uh 35 to 37 degree days so that? That's like so...
0: over 100, right?
1: Over 100, yeah.
0: I think thirty two is thirty two or thirty three is, is ninety something, right?
1: So yeah, yeah that would be right. It's like was it double it at thirty or something? Is it rough.
0: All I know is yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's mostly warm there, right? You you guys have pretty mild winter though, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. We like it, it, where we are. Like it's uh, in the middle of the day. It'll still be sort of like you know, in middle of winter, it'll still be twenties, twenty 21, 22 oh, degrees wow, Celsius. That's nice. so. Yeah, it like doesn't really. It, we can get cooler at nighttime. Like we'll get down into, we'll maybe see zero degrees Celsius or something because we're a little bit further inland.
0: Ah, but um, like,
1: it'll always warm back up to at least like twenty during the day.
0: You have weather like Georgia or northern Florida.
1: Yeah, very probably very similar to Florida. Very similar to Florida.
0: Yeah, yeah it rarely ever gets that cold there. All the lizards fall out of the trees. Did you know that? <laughs>
1: Uh, Yeah, I would imagine that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because they have like a giant invasive species of iguana. Okay. Like millions of giant iguana. And as soon as it gets cold, those bitches fall out of trees. (laughs) They literally freeze. And there's always an article that comes out. It's always the same article. A guy like picked up a bunch of... It's Florida, so you shouldn't ask why would someone do this. (laughs) The answer is it's Florida. He put like 10 of them in the back of his car, a man or a woman. And then they just, like, warmed up in the car and started going ape shit Because they're like, why am I in some guy's car, you know? <laughs> but yeah, they have... It is, like, uh, tons of invasive species in Florida right now. I feel like everything there shouldn't be there, is what people say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we have crazy weather where I am. Like, on the east coast of Pennsylvania, like, we're on the edge of the Appalachian Mountains. But it'll be... It can go into the teens every year for winter, like below zero, and then it'll be 105 on days in the summer. Wow. So that's why our roads are destroyed where I live, because you'll have a day, it'll swing, it can go from 20 degrees to 60 degrees and back down to 18 degrees. Wow. So everything, like all the ice, will melt into the ground and then freeze and it'll blow the ground up. And then it'll melt yep. again, and all the snowplows tear out six-foot chunks of broken road, and yeah, it's a disaster.
1: That sounds like a disaster.
0: Yeah, just like my friend uh, uh, Calvin is here with the 4200 stuff. You ever see his stuff?
1: I don't know if I have. No. What's the... He's got a YouTube channel, has he?
0: Yeah, Nivlac 57 is his username here, and that's his YouTube channel. He does the... It's called, they call it the Amera Barra. It's the 4200 inline six.
1: I have seen that actually. I have seen that. I think, yeah, they I think I have seen that video. You've definitely yeah.
0: seen their channel because they like pioneer 90% of the engine.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I've definitely seen that with the, I think they were aiming for a thousand wheel, weren't they? Or they yeah, they have it, like maybe? 30
0: cars. So they've had a bunch of Barras yeah. in a, or, I mean, uh, Amera Barras, the 4200's in a lot of stuff and they do Turbo LS. They even have a, he currently has a Studebaker with a LT-based, the newer direct-injected motor, and a yep. Tremec TKX, the new 5-speed and all that stuff.
1: Yeah. But yeah, that's... Yeah, that's I've, a... Done a few, I've done a few LT4s and stuff and ZL1s and that. They're a fun ACU to tune.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, just the newer it gets, the more... I can't even imagine what a pain in the ass, like the... Uh, they just developed that C8 platform and everything, and I'm like, oh, there's so much complexity there. I just wouldn't want to deal with it at all. I don't know why. Yeah, it's always funny when someone says, like my friend Dale says, Pennsylvania weather is insane. It's always funny because when it's, because people are like, oh, it's hot here, it's cold there, it's, so if I ever complain, they're like, just get out of that area. I'm like, it has the entire <laughs> swing. Uh, you
1: the whole spectrum. <laughs>
0: yeah. We literally have people like freeze to death and then they overheat to death all in the same year. <laughs> That's <laughs> wild. Like, There's not many That's... places like that. It's either mostly warm or mostly cold.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah. I definitely wear in the mostly warm category. Yeah, That's but yeah, all... we we very...
0: Whenever anybody comes over here from like Australia or when I talk to somebody from Europe or even someone who's only lived like Texas and farther west... They're like, why yeah. are the roads awful? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to explain. Like, they're just... And then there's no incentive to make a decent road because it's going to get destroyed. So it's just yeah, a t- right. an awful, never-ending loop.
1: That'd be hard for the tracks and stuff around your area as well, wouldn't that? Would the tracks get affected as well? Getting, a lot of like... them
0: are, like... Uh, most of them have, like, a concrete starting, but, yeah, the tracks get beat up too, but it's not as bad because they don't, like... The, the track, when the weather's bad, you just leave it alone, but all of yeah. our people drive on it, and then they salt it, and then it gets mushy, and then they plow it, and then it freezes, you know what I mean? Like, it's the constant uh, beating yeah. on the road surface. So, at least the track, like, if it snows or whatever, you just let it melt, or, you know, they just turn on their jet or whatever to dry it, but uh, the, the roads just get absolutely wrecked. mm there's a good one with the RB stuff. That's what I wanted to get more into like uh, stuff you do with RBs or K series or I had to do nothing with like VVT. <laughs> yeah. It'd be interesting. Yeah, I see more that. About so what's
1: it saying? Uh, VCT on, on RB, insensitive time. Yeah, that that's definitely true. The it, I would say what it is, is probably the, and this is definitely my experience is um, on most of the RB stuff where it's all standard, Um, It will actually just make more power like everywhere with the cam in the advanced position. So it's probably worth explaining that RB variable cam timing is not like true variable cam timing. It's an on off solenoid. So the cam has two positions. It's either advanced or it's retarded. And you, when you turn the solenoid on, it's just an on-off solenoid. On, on this style of – obviously, later, we got into proper VVT, but the RB never actually got that. It was just a solenoid that was on or off. It could move the cam into an advanced or a retarded position, and so they just switched that from factory. Um, and what I've found most of the – and pretty much all the setups I've seen is that a car will literally make more power damn near everywhere with it just in the advanced position. Um And I think the big takeaway there is that the actual base timing of the cam you could then suggest is actually like, it's just it's way too far retarded in its normal position, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Because that everywhere it's better advanced. So it's then that I think we briefly touched on that in the skid factory video is that there is a company over here that make a, um, adjustable pulley that allows you to re like set it's like a vernier gear essentially but it's oh. a vernier gear for the vvt it puts it into
0: a much better gear. physical position to use the swing
1: correct so it's like you can use the normal advanced position as now your zero position and then you can it advance the camp further than <laughs> that yeah and that's typically what they'll actually want to see you know what i mean um and so yeah that that's probably the my sort of take on that um is that yeah the, but yeah like pretty well all of the setups that i've seen um that yeah like it will make more power everywhere in the advanced position um uh, yeah
0: yeah that's interesting i remember you you like calling that we call it uh my friends and i call that babe ruthing something <laughs> like when you call the <laughs> shot when you're like gonna make 100 horsepower and it makes 100 horsepower you're like huh there it is yeah
1: <laughs> yeah yeah no that's uh but yeah definitely like we do a heap of engines with vvt like obviously the k series is is vvt and and uh like all the ejs like do subarus and stuff they're all vvt as well like most of them are vvt as well um so yeah barra's Barras are dual vvt you know what i mean they're variable valve coming on both above. the intake and the exhaust can
0: yeah and then do you ever see what was I, I was at my friend's shop the other day i stopped for fun he has a subaru shop and he had a car like a regular it was a two liter to two and a half liter i don't know subaru and it had a 58 55 turbo on yeah. it and it was choking up top and he was trying to advance or shut the cam the exhaust cam to try to alleviate some back pressure or something similar do you ever see that uh actually yeah, being functional
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, you can definitely see that. um, Probably the Barra is a good one to experiment with that on because, like I said, it's dual variable valve timing. But, yeah, definitely on a smaller... So, Barra's come standard over here in the XR6 Turbo, which is what they come in. Like, it's the Ford Falcon, which is, you know, it's it's our taxi car, essentially. You know, they make a turbo version of that. And they come with a 35R, so it's a 35 on a 4-liter, you know what I mean? It's a pretty small turbo, realistically, like for that engine. So they do have quite high back pressure. And definitely there is power to be gained considerably by essentially at low RPM where the, the boosted back pressure ratio is favorable. They'll then want quite a lot of overlap, you know what I mean? And then as the car starts to come out through the revs, um, a lot of the time you'll then move the cams into position to take some of that overlap away and there'll actually be a considerable amount of horsepower to be gained there by then making the engine less sensitive to the back pressure because nice. you're moving the valve events in that way.
0: Yeah, because whatever was up with this combination, it wasn't working. I think he said uh, it had a stock intake manifold or something and it was just completely capped at like 513-ish, but... uh he was i was i was wondering what that would do too as far it didn't make any change unfortunately it was just capped but uh i was saying to him i'd love to have like a k-series car on one day just for like my own learning like uh aha events to mess with the cam so much because i've never done it
1: Mm. yeah it's definitely um it's definitely quite a lot of fun like i said even the the engines that are like dual variable valve timing then have another because that like, with a, a K, it's just variable valve timing on the intake cam, so it's kind of like you just got one, like, you're just going to advance yeah. it. Like Good to start there for understanding. But then as you get into those dual variable valve timing engines, it's, like, opens up a hole. You can basically change um,
0: the entire camshaft.
1: Oh, absolutely, because you can change the load separation angle, you know what I mean? Like, as well as not, you know, like, which you're obviously doing anyway, but you can fully, you know, you can really get crazy with it. And uh, i don't know, probably one of the cars that was, like, I think about that. We, we do a um, modified production speedway car, um, which is like circle track sort of stuff over here. Um, It's like a six cylinder class and that, and it's got the Toyota 2GR engine in it, which you guys would get over there as well. And um, that's dual variable valve timing.
3: Hmm.
1: Um, And yeah, there's like a huge amount of like a massive amount of power and torque and stuff to be gained by like, cause it, yeah, playing around with those cams. So yeah, like there's a, very, very impressive. If you're playing around with it and you got the time to go through it thoroughly, is it like it's pretty wild how much, uh, you know how flat you can make that torque curve by really optimizing those cam angles.
0: Yeah, that's. It'd be, it, I would love to like see if my brain can get around that. Like once I, if once I would lay one out, like if if something would start to make sense in my head, like uh... I think
1: it would. I think like you've said with almost everything though. Like I've heard some of your previous stuff. Like with tuning, it's like just like tuning fuel or tuning. Yeah, once um, you see, spark advance or whatever i just it's love like to
0: scratch that part of my brain like by moving it and seeing exactly what it does and then i would do i'm one of those i probably do sweeps where like i put the cams all the way back and then i make a pull yeah. and then i move the cam like whatever degree i can and and see where they what they must start to intersect at some point you can probably just like ride that exactly angle the whole way well you change the angle of the whole curve to produce the highest Correct. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, go ahead.
1: I was gonna say, yeah, exactly. Like you're saying, that's exactly what I would normally do. Like you'd normally get the engine roughed in, and then you would obviously, like, I sometimes, you know, and and, and filming on the Skid Factory, sometimes we'll show that. But a lot of the times, if I'm used to a certain combination, I'll skip right ahead and I'll put a VVT you, have, in the car yeah, that I you throw in work.
0: it's just like a spark table yeah. you know is going to be ninety percent functional. You just go right to it.
1: Yeah, and then maybe we'll move that VVT table like globally up or down just to see. Because I can look, like you said, across the whole curve. You can look and go, okay, it wanted more advanced there. It wanted less there, there, you know, by doing that thing. But definitely, if it's a a combo, I'm not familiar. Like the first time I turned that uh, 2GR in that Speedway car, I did the exact same thing. I got the whole thing sort of roughed out with zero cam angle. Both cams just on their hard stops. And then I started incrementally just moving the intake cam. And then I moved the exhaust cam and then I was doing them both together. And then like it's not a quick process. Like you, you I mean, it must be a few hours on it. Yeah. That's
0: why when I see like those dual overhead cam, multiple, whatever K series with the turbo, I'm like, man, how, I mean, I guess they have stuff, some stuff fleshed out, but I'm like, you have so many angles per, and then like all of a sudden, cause, uh, Calvin has done this also. He's probably going to start chiming in, but, uh, at a certain amount of boost he saw that changing uh it obviously worked at like lower boost great but at higher boost no but that's again i think he was using a a neutered kind of cam control because he's not using the factory cam control so he might be on offing it instead of having multiple positions but he ran into funny instances where he saw more or less back pressure more or less horsepower and like not much of it had a good correlation at all (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah so yeah, that's, I'd say I, that's definitely fair. yeah he's like i threw a bunch of angle at it and it killed power and boost and whatever and i'm like wow ugh, what a disgusting change but
1: i've definitely seen like because you can definitely get um even even like tuning it with uh blower cars is quite good as well but like you will see sometimes like typically a blower car like say a coyote blower car or something like that You'll see sometimes where the cam angle, you'll make a cam angle change, the boost pressure, measured boost pressure will drop but the car will pick up like 30 wheel or something yeah. like that. And so then that's very, you can straight away, you know, it makes logical sense in your mind. we're going, oh, okay, I see what's happening here. It's it's being able to actually trap more air in the cylinder, hence why we're not measuring as much boost in the manifold. Yep. Um, similarly, you can see the same thing like uh, Calvin would have said, you know, like moving cam angle. Sometimes the turbo will like fall off or whatever and you're going, I must have created a, a position where we can bleed too much of it through the engine now you know what i mean so it's too definitely, much overlap
0: or something uh, i just thought it correct, was interesting because yeah. my brain immediately was like well the turbo will just change its speed to make whatever pressure but i'm like no if you if you goof the if you move valve events enough that doesn't make uh it doesn't correlate oh, yeah. it says exhaust VVT only
2: yeah okay yeah
0: on the 4200 yeah yeah interesting it must be wild to have both because yeah you could like screw up or you could take a combination that works fine and just make it terrible on both sides right
1: <laughs> yeah well I mean, it's it could... funny like one of the engines that's very uh typical for that like the the is actually a unique so one of the things that's uh in most engines you could say like pretty much everything bar the bar for example um they normally will start where the intake cam is on its most retarded point on the lock pin, and then when the VVT is active, it will advance the cam from that point. And then the exhaust is the opposite, so it starts at the most advanced position and it's retarded with the um, VVT. That's very common for like just about every engine manufacturer is how they set huh. it up. Whereas the barrier is the opposite from that, or not the opposite, but it's the exhaust is the same. So it starts, it starts retarded on the lock pin, and then it's advanced. Um, Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's sorry. It's it starts, uh, it starts, yeah, retarded and it can be uh, advanced. And that's where on the barrel, it's very uh interesting is that they do that both for the intake and the exhaust cam, so they're both exactly the same. So they start uh, a barrel on the lock pin is uh, is at the most retarded position, and so what will happen is that um the intake cam on a barrel tunes like backwards to like every other engine you'll, you'll ever come across you know what i mean because that the starting you'll be point used is in to... a
0: different spot yeah
1: correct yeah and and i don't know why i, I actually don't know why ford do that because they don't even do it on the other engines it's just the barra i don't know why but someone they, the...
0: may, they might have mathematically just made the part wrong and we're like well you can work around it we made so many of them and we're screwed so just
1: <laughs> and and that's the funny thing with it is that if you if you like have no VVT on the intake cam of a barra. It's like it's lucky to move out of its own way, you know what I mean? Because the it's it's got a 60 degree swing on the on the VVT wow. actuator. So 60 yeah, 60. That's what they have 60. So 60 can on the you intake like and 60.
0: Stock Nika and... valve, Jeez.
1: No, nah, they no, they don't. Yeah, 60
0: um, seems like a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, they have a they have a 60 degree swing. So, but yeah, like if you if you um if you start them up and they're and they're like yeah in the in the not working it's like that thing will be a turd like it's literally lucky to get out of it yeah
0: no movements no valve movements
1: yeah
0: yeah that's that's this is funny yeah you should definitely talk about i was going to say this too like some of the worst stuff you've seen on the dyno like to show up these are those are always funny stories i gotta use a little boys room so you can start going off you can soapbox about some piece of shit cars
1: (laughs) yeah yeah no. I'll, I'll see, was it, yeah, so the 4200, what's it, most advanced and you retard. retired? Yeah, so that'd be typical for an exhaust cam, and yeah, that's uh that's how the Barra has the intake cam as well, um, which is, is backwards for most engines, but most engines you, like a Subaru EJ or something like that um, would be, uh, it's retarded and you advance the intake cam, um, whereas yeah, the Barra Don't know why. Maybe a Ford can let us know, but they did it. So the exhaust and the intake cam are both the same. So, yeah, they start. Yeah, they start advanced and then we retard, which is, yeah, just backwards to everything. What do we got here? K-Series is 50. Yep. That's only on the 25 on the normal gear. The 50s, I think that's an Integra Type R gear or something um From memory, I just have a twenty-five degree gear in our car. What else have we got? AU single overhead cam, yeah, K twenty-four twenty-five, single overhead cam VVT. Honestly, have not checked it. That engine's. Not most common. I've changed a heap of single cams, but I haven't actually done one with the variable valve timing. That was like a Tickford thing, I think, from memory. Logistic dizzy, dizzy, static timing, idle swings up and down the terminator causes idle surge, only static timer check. Yeah, that's not un- that's not uncommon. Um, if you have fixed timing that the idle will sometimes vary. It's probably because that it, it's probably moving around in a fuel map area. Um you know, maybe swinging rich and lean or something like that. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be too concerned about it. Just get your timing set. And then I was just saying about that Terminator one, he's saying he's idle swinging around when he's got it locked. And then I'm like, that's not uncommon. If you haven't finished tuning the fuel map, if you've got the timing locked a lot of the time. That oh, idle yeah. can move around.
0: I always try to tell people like whenever I do show anybody the laptop or anything on videos, uh, when you're first hashing out a car, you should just flat, like, do what I call block tuning. So if you're idling right here, you should grab this block and just flat, like, put a 40. Like, if it if there's a little cell where you got it running good, it's just translating. It's interpolating all, like, jump a 45 for, like, a fuel amount for that whole block. Because I feel like yeah. when I'm ironing out a table... Uh, what's going to happen is when you fix a spot, the car will usually fall into another or want to do, so it'll end up just doing, uh, hunting is what it's called. So if you go into your spark table and you're like, blah, 18, and you go to your fuel table and you go, blah, 45 and hit enter and yeah. it's in a 13:0 air fuel. Awesome. Then you can, I would say a lot of times people, 90% of the time with a Terminator installed with a drive-by cable, you're going to have to make a physical throttle stop adjustment the whole time oh. until the car is warmed up and everything, and then get that stop position into the single digits, or else I'll, that's going to be... I would say a lot of people come to the dyno where it's like hot idling at 60% IAC. It's obviously struggling. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty normal to, to struggle with idle, guys. <laughs> Unless you yeah, do it exactly. every day for 13 years, and you're like, oh yeah, just beep oh beep.
1: I think is it so? that Niv Nivlac. That's the that's the 4200 guy. He's asking about Holden 186. <laughs> that's <laughs> like I don't know if you guys got them. I'm assuming not. But yeah, not, they're like no. a very old engine. They're a very old, they're, they're okay. They were very popular. They're, we haven't had I don't you now I haven't tuned one of those in so long. I haven't even seen one in a while. But yeah, they were cool.
0: Oh yeah, I was gonna say that too. I was gonna have you talk about Hall Tech stuff because I like hearing about Hall Tech stuff, especially because they make that. Uh, they just came out with the Rebel. That's made yeah, to be a really and uh, I've
1: got like three of those on order for customers, so I'm really them, yeah. keen to see. Yeah,
0: I'd love to. I, I want to get one simply to develop because I do a lot of plug and play stuff for Holly. I'd love to mm. get that because I think I can see when I zoom in on photos of the engine harness wiring it is uh it has io stuff and like dt connectors so i could make you know plug and play yeah stuff.
1: absolutely you could yeah you could make your own little plugins and stuff i think it'll be i think it'll be really really good like i feel like i could i mean yeah if you guys got some specific questions on how to take because i tuned both so uh, like a lot so uh, yeah i feel like i'm a fairly can answer you know or make a good comparison because i think both have strengths and weaknesses like honestly
0: yeah, of course. I think all of them are. Yeah, it's just like what do we it always ends up being people at least that watch what I watch uh, It's obviously catered to like turbo LS and it's mm. it's hard to to Fight that combination and I do have Holly sponsors some of the stuff that I do and I have like a working relationship with them but I also have uh, about an hour from here in Pottstown EFI source makes Megasquared ECUs in-house like oh, yeah, cool. over here. So I do stuff with them too and it's funny, like, when the Rebel came out, or actually when the Holly came out, a lot of people were kind of upset. They're like, you Mega Megasquirt. And I'm like, well, the Holly option was, like, $3,000 for a Dominator setup. And then, like, it's 800 to $400 for Megasquirt. So that's why. And then they came out yeah. with the Terminator, obviously. Like, wideband, ECU, screen, and wiring harness. Like, uh, how do we beat this? It's You can't. But, uh... It's interesting to see the Hall Tech stuff. I've tuned a few Hall Tech things, and what's funny is from like their base, I would change like a ton. Of, I'd love to do a base tune for like an LS and change all of the tables because physically, like the fuel table moves in a different direction than I like to see. It's kind of like con data. Yep, a lot of the oh, uh, like yeah. it
1: moves you in directions I don't like,
0: so I have to like change. You can change that. I have to. Ch- I mean, I I have. What's funny is. A guy's car that I tune, a lot of his stuff is on Haltec. And uh, I have completely changed a bunch of his layouts. I'm like, we're going to take some extra time tonight, and I'm going to completely change your XY axis and learn how to do this because I, I can't figure out, and it's annoying for me to set the limits. And I eventually figured out a way to like do a fast interpolation. But it's crazy yep. how quick you can like restructure an entire fuel table on a Holley car because you can just interpolate the raw corners. Yeah. And then all yeah, everything else, you have that, to do like a wizard and type in cells and yeah. it's
1: Yeah, that's true. Yep. Yeah. 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 yeah to yeah, to reap in a table. Yeah, definitely. With the One thing I will say though, where the Haltech is great and I actually use it as a cheat thing between the Holly. So, you know, with the Holly, if you rescale your load access, for example, um, like you've got a, Like, it's not a... I'm I'm sure they haven't fixed it. It's not an automated process. So if you, like, say, you go to 200 kPa or something and then you add a 4-hour map sensor and you want to scale it out to whatever, you're going to have to do that manually by yourself. Whereas with Haltech, you can... If you do that, it will automatically rescale it. So I actually... Do it if I'm on Holly car. You can just—it's actually I can just copy the whole fuel table into the Haltech software, rebin it in the Haltech software, and copy it back into the Holly, and it'll automatically do it for you. Like it, it's—and I use it all the time. You can do it on Cobb and anything. Oh, it's like that so part it of takes, the Haltech yeah. software is excellent.
0: Because Holly does ask you, and if you make the mistake of clicking yes, it takes your accurate table and completely rescales it, and you have to shift everything below. Yeah, I know what you mean. So the Haltech does that automatically. That's nice. Yeah, the yeah, I like always... say
1: for example, yeah, like a spark table or whatever. Like you know, say you want to do it, but you're like maybe you want some more resolution around a cruise area or something, and you're like, man, this is gonna take me ages. You can literally just copy the Hel- the Holy Spark map into the Haltech software, rebin it in the like, and you make the axes what you had. Like I, I've got like spreadsheets and stuff to help make it faster but you can literally just copy it across then copy it back again and it's like it's done you just copy the axes in you know what i mean it just does it straight away
0: yeah it's pretty i mean i guess i always end up putting in uh the same similar table and then i feel like it's easy for me to just change the upper limit and reinterpolate and then change the numbers before i do any of that i don't, I don't know but yeah, yeah nice.
1: obviously yeah like yeah, starting from the start would be the best option. But yeah, but if sometimes you have to make you, a yeah, big change,
0: like, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that. It, I knew it would scale, but I didn't know that it would not ruin the <laughs> other part and then expand yeah, it'll, for you.
1: It'll preserve it. You can, yeah, you can go through and then you can rebin it, and it'll it it'll be dead accurate. It's yeah, they, huh. that part of the software is nice. Yeah, that is
0: interesting. Yeah, I was gonna say I like their built in safeties. It's it's not too bad. I always tell people to, uh, cause of the, the more I, if I have some people I know and we're really leaning on a stock bottom end combo, I'm, I like mm-hmm. to push them into uh coolant pressure also. So it's funny that like the Corolla ran into that too, but then I build a a custom output and then I turn that output on in the boost control settings. It has that spark cut setting in the bottom. It's like yep, some yep. weird secret setting so you might do yeah. similar, and then you—I have an entire, I have an output of a virtual output named safety, and then on that yep. dropdown it says if safety is active, cut spark or revert to wastegate or whatever. But yeah, I have a cut yeah. spark, and then you can say like if boost is over, if coolant pressure is over, if 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 if, if and then it'll cut the spark on you
1: yeah no i do the same exact thing i use that like this very last thing in the boost control icf or whatever it's like if this output's active then you can tell it to do whatever and yeah like yeah build a big virtual safety safety
0: guy yeah like oil pressure yeah and then
1: you configure in outputs you would have one for oil pressure or fuel pressure or this and then they all link back to that main safety becoming active so yeah that yeah that like obviously there's a workaround in holly to do that but yeah in the haltech there It's kind of natively there, you know. Yeah, they have like a little health
0: and safety first aid kit. That's pretty nice. Yeah,
1: (laughs) the 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 other thing that I think is good is like with that, for example, um, say like you're doing an oil pressure safety or something like that. Obviously, in the Holly, we'd normally do it with like you're talking about. You'd have an oil pressure safety. You'd say if the RPMs above fifteen hundred and the oil pressure's below whatever, you know what I mean? Then. That oil pressure safety is going to be active or, or, or however you want to do it. Whereas on the Helltech it's actually, a, it can be a 3D table, you know what I mean? Or a, a, like, you know, a, a table where you can plot the expected oil pressure versus engine up. Yeah, and then yep. you can have a threshold 3D. of if it goes below that. And then a delay time as well. And then you can also have a post-start lockout. You know what I mean? So you can yep. have it of like, you know, don't become active before eight seconds of engine runtime. You know, all this sort of stuff. Where I like I think that it's just all those that's built in. That, yep. All that's built in, like it's it's there. And I mean, obviously it does take time to set it up, but it's when it is set up, you can have it where it just works like exactly how you would expect it to. You know? Yeah, it's and, like
0: and, and it's... OE plus is what I say to people. Like yeah. it's how you expect a stock vehicle to work for you the way you want. <laughs>
1: i do the same thing like because i'm a massive fan of fuel pressure safety as well so like when the holly the way that i implement that because obviously on a turbo car especially one that's maybe going to run a whole heap of different boost pressures um just one raw fuel pressure number is not really good enough so i normally do in the holly i'll do a custom output table that will calculate the differential pressure across the injector you basically have map up one side and fuel pressure across the other oh, and then yeah. you can calculate the differential across the injector um I then use that as well to correct. You can actually, that works so good for uh, like a fuel pressure loss. You can have that and it makes the closed loop not have to work as hard. Even though the holy closed loop, we all know it's like excellent. It's so fast yeah, it's, and it's, it's very ridiculous.
0: Accurate. That's why it's, when it it's, came it's, out, I was like, guys, 90% of you just need to get your fueling right and can't. And then this just holds your hand through the, like I can't, like the amount of cars that don't idle, don't do anything but make 850 wheel and go sevens is staggering.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, I, I'm a massive fan of that because in the way we do it in Haltech is that we define the injector size, but we can tell it, the ECU the injector size versus differential pressure. Yep. So, and then the way that it does that because it has that in the fuel model, it knows that if the differential pressure across the injector changes, that the flow rate through the injector has changed. So, it'll automatically, if you drop fuel oh, pressure, nice. it'll automatically throw duty cycle at it. Like it does it. I've it seen cars where. Size. Yeah, exactly. Like so, I've seen cars where maybe you'll, you'll tune it and it'll be like one percent O2 correction or something like that. And I'll see it like where the fuel filter plugs up, or I've had one where one of the fuses blew on a fuel pump. Like you know what I mean? So it has like two or three fuel pumps, and one pops a fuse like yeah. midway through a run. And I've seen it where the fuel differential fuel pressure has dropped like twenty psi, and the O2 correction has stayed at one percent because that the, the differential table has taken care up of it. And I've seen the same thing on the Holly car. You can do the same thing on the Holly car with, you just got to do it with an advanced table and then a custom output. But like I said, so slightly getting off track, but where where I like that is that in the Haltech, the differential, like in the way I do it in the Holly would be, I just get that. So say we got 58 pounds of base. I would say that if the differential pressure is below 45, then we're going to implement a fuel pressure safety. Um, on the Haltech, we can do the same thing. But again, it's a 3D axis table. So we can say at like, and this is where it can be good in case there's a problem. We can have it that under all the vacuum areas of operation in case something's like broken, you know what I mean? Like the only reason it's going to be dropping differential fuel pressure is because it's like plugged up a fuel filter or the fuel pump's like melting the wire off. Yeah, or something, something awful you know I mean? has happened, yeah. Something's wrong. And so, but then allowing you to say that, okay, but if the car's in vacuum, I don't really care about this. Like you have the differential safety at 10 psi or something. And that way the person can still limp the car off the road and stuff yeah. like that. You know what I mean? I like
0: so the have... idea. They have, like, fairly clear, what I call, caution and warning, you know? Like, you mm. can have, like, a yellow light, like a check engine light, and then there's, like, a, we're shutting your car off. <laughs> yeah. And you can build those in, as far as what I saw.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that's, yeah, you can then take it to, you know, every sensor can have that. Same same with the Holly. you just got to do it with a heap of outputs and stuff like that, but I do say that the it's just a little nicer. Definitely the flex fuel is like a massive massive one obviously hell it you know i'd say it does it properly so to speak you know what i mean um whereas with the holly we've got to do it with advanced tables and all that sort of stuff so yeah
0: yeah a lot of the they give you a lot of those so it's easy to uh forgive them but it's a you know <laughs> it's like when i was complaining about 6 E control and they actually were working on it and then they deliver <laughs> like like we said the traction control and all that stuff for free
1: yeah it's like okay i was yeah you're like wow (laughs) this is
0: all incredible but it's still not uh map based boost control which is very simple (laughs) yeah
1: yeah like i said yeah that's like we said earlier my uh, my, i found my Workaround for that is by using the dome control with a, a single a three valve, port, like, three port with a dome, single yeah. valve, three port. I, the first time I did it, I was like, because again, it's just not typical. again And for us, we normally tune Heltex and Links and Motex and mtron's and this sort of like that's very common in our area of the world. Um, and every single one of those ECUs has map based boost control. Every single one, like yeah. that's the default. What's you know funny what I mean? is a like, Dominator does. Yeah, and I know the Dominator has it too. And I remember- so then when I.
0: I remember like when I made a big stink about it, when it released, I was like, how are you going to release a budget bottom floor ready for everybody to use with only the most complicated boost control option available? What are you, what are you doing? And they were like, well, I yeah. don't know what you mean. And I'm like, why don't you put what's in the Dominator in the Terminator? Like You made a software change for no reason. You removed uh, pressure-based like intake boost-based and they're like, I don't know. What you I was like, wow. Okay. Never, mind. <laughs> never mind. Yeah.
1: No, I, I, the first time I was looking through the software, I thought I was doing something wrong because I was like, surely this can't be the only option. I'm yeah. Like, like when just they the released it,
0: option. like 1.0, I'm like, oh, they, they're probably adding it very soon. And here we are like five, six years later. I feel like it's still not in there. But yeah, yeah that's like, I, I was saying to you, it does work, but usually, uh, people end up using all of the inputs before they want. Or need to do dome or yeah. it's, it's a yeah. straight up like it's a quarter mile car and they actually want to use dome because they want to have the resolution to throw 40 at it two seconds in
1: yeah yeah
0: but yeah, but yeah no
1: that's um yeah that's definitely a, a good I, but yeah so that stuff like that like i said where there's a few things where you just go oh that's pretty weird it doesn't have that i sort of yeah you know, early that
0: on. I made videos early on as like a workaround and I would say crimp one of your input pins to your map sensor wire and it's like yep. map you know, it's dome map I would call it. And yep. uh, what sucks is for 60% of people that doesn't work that great. So yeah. they're always like, that's not working for me. What do I do? And I'm like, it's not great on some cars. I don't know why, but when you install the dome sensor, it works great. But if you install that as the map sensor, it doesn't i can't explain it i don't know why but when you use I think it as...
1: I, I think i can the the my take on that would be because that the way that the pid is structured it's inherent it's designed to chase a dome target is what it's designed to do which obviously yeah. is a system that has a very small uh like it's a very small loop if you think about it like it's yeah. literally a solenoid filling a thing so it's like it the whole way that they've structured that and because it in Holly, we don't get it's not raw PID terms. It's like it's a, a percentage it's of PID Holly that's PID already terms. predetermined.
0: It's just a yep. <laughs> yeah,
1: like it's just a, it's an eight and a 10 and a five. And it's like, what does that mean? Whereas, like, um, yeah, again, some other ECUs, it's actually like, I'll tell you exactly what that means. Like, it'll say, like, what the, the raw number is. It'll be, you know, yeah, half a percent. Most. I would the say most TSI are raw numbers. You know, like that. Whereas, the, Holly, they've made it a zero to 100, just it's a holly PID, you know what I mean? It's like, yep. you would need to know what that means for your setup. But yeah, like I said, that that's probably, yeah, what I've seen, but yeah, there's, um, I'm just, uh,
0: no, it makes sense because the amount of volume inside the top of the wastegate is like, uh, a playing dice and the volume in the yeah. intake for the V8 turbo car is two liters, three liters. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's quite a different strategy to target the amount of pressure. Hmm. But yeah, sometimes on uh, my car it worked great, and then unfortunately for most people it did not. So I just had to constantly tell people, "I'm hey, I'm sorry, it doesn't work." <laughs>
1: well, like I said, I would I would hire uh, like obviously if they have the input, and obviously you got the input output module expansion. It probably dome pressure would one that I would say would want to be directly on the ECU board though because it's a very oh, yeah. fast yep. acting input. But yep. um, yeah, I could hundred percent vouch for that. Uh, like just using the actual turbo, so like the compressor turbo, uh. Through a three port to the dome that works excellent like it yeah I, i've had a lot of guys who use that and um and yeah realistically it's like your map bait boost control but you just need to add one extra sensor for your dome on and and it actually works pretty good
0: yeah that's uh Yeah, i forget baytek i forget his real name he has a turbo k series with it i think it has an 8 hp in it now oh yeah He's in Ireland or Scotland. He has a RX-7, a FD RX-7 with a Turbo K-Series and the 8-speed Dodge transmission, I believe now. He it used to have a dual-clutch 7-speed out of like a M4 style. Oh, BMW. yeah. He used to have that. And then I remember one time he was on and he's like, no, I have an 8 HP now. That thing flies. I think he's been like 8s on, like on like a Gavin Bay. Yeah, his name's Gavin. Yeah. Now it's compound turbo. It has been all-wheel drive for... Her. It was all-wheel drive with the dual... Cl- no, it wasn't. He made it all-wheel drive when he did the 8 HP, I think. It's wild. It's like every mixture. Wow. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, he can That's maybe... That's like
1: crazy. Um, I'll have to check that car out. That sounds wild. I think he That's can update awesome.
0: me, but I think he's been 8s on like an airstrip. Wow. They have like That's no fast. drag strips in Ireland or Scotland where he is. And it's literally, like, a stony airstrip, and it's been, like, a high eight, I think. (laughs) That's crazy. That'd be a wicked fun car. It reminds me of, like, those Swedish guys. They build, like, the craziest cars, and they have, like, someone's backyard to race them in. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, how do you guys not have a piece of pavement? Like, just get together. Pave something. Holy cow.
1: Yeah, for sure. What
0: was I going to say about, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it went eights on the street. Yep. They don't have drag strips. Nope. Wherever he races, it's it's literally just like a car it's like a long car park. Scotland. <laughs> he's updating, yeah. He's he's typing it all in there. But yeah, that's a really cool car. That was one of the cars that I was like, man, I want to get this max ECU because I want to put a dual clutch maybe one day on an LS and they have like E thirty eight specific stuff they decoded for C six Z06 application max ecu yeah he's running a max ecu i don't think the max ecu is controlling the eight speed though i think that's got an htg or one of those
1: uh a can tcu or whatever yeah
0: one of those there's like five companies now that do the eight speed stuff and i hear like two of them just make the eight speed blow apart two of them actually work (laughs) two of them don't work i hear all sorts of i don't trust any of them as far as now I saw I
1: saw that video that I think everyone saw it. What was it circulating in the a car month or so ago and it, and it just yeah, blows
0: the, up and like yeah. the floor pan, yeah. It like rev limiters between three and four It like shift flares and goes bop, just blows <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe yeah. it doesn't kill anybody. I can't believe it didn't take that guy's foot off.
1: Yeah, that was crazy lucky.
0: It like his foot was literally there on the gas pedal, so it, I mean Yeah, the max ECU controls the eight speed. That's disgusting.
1: <laughs> that is interesting
0: directly wow i didn't know that they do a lot of cool stuff i just i don't know i'm not too keen on the software you ever use it
1: uh, like i said i've only used it like twice and not enough to have a really good uh comment on it you know what i mean the cars the are same fairly with basic, me, yeah. but,
0: not enough yeah. seat time to say if it's good or like i've tuned two or three things with link and I'm like, man, I'm not a fan of this. There's windows out the wall. Like, why are there so many windows for some simple shit I want to do? Yeah. <laughs> you have that feeling? I tune link quite a
1: lot. Where, Yeah. where So I, I don't mind link, but I definitely have my layouts. Like, I have a layout strategy that I've made. And then I've locked all the panes so that they don't uh, move around. Because, yeah.
0: I started doing that. And I started to save it. Because, like, I had to close and reopen the software. And I lost, like, everything that I... Started to make sense with and I'm like damn it (laughs) And then I was done tuning that car and I actually texted Jeff Evans and I was like, hey, I'm actually tuning a link It's a sponsored drift car by link. It's a e46 BMW with a supercharged LS in it and uh, I tuned it and I was like, dude, the layout stuff is just retarded It took me most of the time just to try to get a layout I could see and he's like Oh, you should have let me know. I would have sent you my layout So I'm like, oh, well that probably would have been easy Whoops. (laughs) Whoops.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's actually good that you can, I do that to any of my customers that we do link stuff on a lot of the time. I'll be like, I'll send you my layout config in case we ever have to, or like, I'm just trying to explain to them. I want to check something. I'll be like, that way we're looking at the same screens. Everybody you know I, mean? I can just time, email yeah. it to them and they can open it up. Yeah.
0: That's why I give away like weird fractional files. Like with when I did HP Tuner stuff a lot, I have all the configs. Like people can just download them out of my tuning, like bin stuff. Well, you can just take yeah. these configs because uh, people probably, I mean, some people know like HP tuners, if you're not logging it, you'll never see it.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And then like when you tell them like a Holly is literally logging 4,500 things and you can go back seven years from now and look at something dumb. Yeah, that stuff's nice. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I did not like that link ECU that I messed with. I could not. We tried changing it has the four it's a stock drive-by cable four-pin iac yep i could not make the car consistently start an idle at all hot or cold like it would just it seemed like it was just wandering around doing whatever the hell it wanted to
1: yeah that some of that can be with the link they have they kind of intended it to have an ecu hold power is one of the things that they did so they intend that when the that like they want you to wire the ecu so that when you turn the ignition off the ecu can keep the power active and then it will reset the iac and then it will shut itself down after it's done that and if you don't wire it like that and the ecu just goes off as soon as you turn the key off it can be an absolute prick to make that stuff work right yeah
0: that's what seemed like was happening so they must have been shutting off whatever battery all drift car people like to shut off their battery for like a shut off yeah. That had like link PDUs and everything in it, but man, it was a. The software was really hard to rein in the way I wanted. And then, yeah, like just randomly, like in between starts, I'm like, oh, I'll just work on my starting in between these dino hits. And I'm like, it is awful now, and now it's okay, and now it's back to totally awful. And I didn't make any changes <laughs> the last three times, and it hit all of those pieces of the spectrum too. I was just not happy with them. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I would like, imagine that'd be frustrating.
0: I hate being that guy that like like oh who tuned this? Oh Matt Happel did and like you reach in and key the car and it's like church 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 ch ch I'm like oh don't even tell anybody <laughs> I don't tell anybody I touched it. <laughs> if you can't reach in the window and start it, I don't even want to be associated with having done anything with it. Oh, Oh yeah, my my friend uh Cody Rose, Codeman Rose here. He always likes to yeah. he does a lot of PL one like stock ECU modifications and stuff. And he yep. always says, like, PO1 in a bathtub, like, it doesn't care, you know? <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I just, like, can't stand it. Or is PO1. that
1: said that it doesn't have an error? I've had a few PO1s that if you try and flash them in the car, they cry and they just, like, won't do it. And then you pull it out, put it on the bench, it flashes first time. I don't know. It's
0: yeah. that's, no, that's, that's a thing. It might be your cars, like, the way the cars are. But, like, later, especially later Chevys. Like, the radio can interrupt the can stream when you're trying to flash. Yeah. Like, dumb shit. Like, and then if you have an aftermarket radio in, like, an 03 to 06 truck with a P59, like, just the radio being on, like, some stupid Sony stereo, you can't flash the truck.
1: Yeah, and I've had cars that doesn't have any <laughs> rhyme or reason. It's like, you flash it 20 times, and then, out, of, you know, three out of those 20 times, it just you gotta pull it out and put it on the bench again.
0: So, Weird. I don't. I don't have to do that. I mean, uh, I have a friend who does who has a tune or a transmission business, A and H Transmission. My buddy Cameron, and I built him a bench harness because some of the stuff they do, yeah, it's a real bitch in the car. And he's like, yeah. I don't even want to deal with it deciding to start flashing and do that forty-five minute shit. And now you have to <laughs> babysit it so it doesn't brick itself. Yeah, he's, like, on a bench, doesn't do any of that, flashes in 32 seconds. Yeah, I would say yeah. the same thing. Someone just said bad ground. I would say, yeah, there's, like, some green ground cables in there, but yeah. it, you can't find them.
1: Exactly. It's, like, in a car that's come in and it's, you know, it's you're not pulling the thing apart. It's, like, yeah. A lot of the time, I agree. It's, like, just pull it out, put it in the bench to flash, like said, 30 seconds, put it back in, it's done. It's,
0: like... Yeah, HP Tuners is, is very it looks at the battery voltage. I don't know if it's ECU protection or if it's HP Tuners cuz Calvin Nelson Nivelack on here at one point they had a 16 volt battery setup in a Eagle Talon with a front wheel drive LS4 V8 in it. Okay. And it would not flash the ECU on 16 volts. It had like a protection so it was HP Tuners was looking at the voltage and saying no or the ECU itself is like, uh, something's not right. So we actually ended yeah. up having to plug in an AC adapter to the wall with like 12 volts and putting that through the OBD2 port only so that we could flash the ECU. Ridiculous.
1: Yeah, that... <laughs> but
0: but yeah, similarly, as people said, yeah.
1: with battery voltage, Like, Absolutely. I've even seen those cars where you've got it on a battery, like, like a big charger that'll hold it at 13, but it still makes no difference. It's like, yeah, I don't know. That, again, it's like... I don't, it's
0: like just pull it out and do it on the bench yeah first, there's yeah. too many things <laughs> yeah that happens too yeah. like sometimes for a while it's i felt like a lot of my middle year like when terminator first came out till now in the middle for a while there people didn't have their grounds right or firmware was sensitive or something but people were like all bricking their terminators all the time and yeah similarly like i was doing a thing where people would complain about it on the internet i'm like hey i have an entire bench set up i've i think i've done a hundred of them and 99 of them have been fixed if you want to send me that i'll try you know yeah but yeah similarly
1: I, i've seen a few people upgrading to v like trying to upgrade to v3 from v2 with a laptop and it seems to sometimes just randomly drop but then you can only bring it back to life with a handheld or whatever but um yeah, i think sometimes I... if if like if they've a dash plug, you I tell them to unplug everything out of the can plugs. Yeah, online? they need you know, a, just it. I to... mean
0: that's Holly's recommendation is because other stuff it's the same like with uh, the stupid GM cars it'll interrupt the flash with cause the radio like wants to turn itself off. It's some some dumb shit happens. Hmm. But yeah, similarly, too many things on the can. But yeah, that's uh I've never had the issue either way. Uh but I I have like bench flashed a bunch of them and I always fix them with the three and a half. Because the three and a half yeah. doesn't handshake like the software, I feel like. It's not yeah, like, well, it hey, are you okay? Could... Yeah, I'm totally okay. All right, I'm going to flash firmware. Is that okay? Yeah, that's okay. Are we going to start now? Yeah. The the handheld's like, here's your firmware. And it's just like, it's like that meme where the woman's pouring milk down the other person's face. <laughs> <laughs> here's your firmware. It. <laughs> yeah, it just yeah. But yeah, like I've all, uh, they even say to do all of that uh, unplug as much as you can. But yeah. yeah, I haven't had too many issues with, with firmware, but I saw a lot of people did and I don't know what that's, I don't, you know, I don't know. It's part of the issue with having a really cheap ECU is <laughs> having like yeah. people put it in the crappiest cars and spend the least amount of money on everything. And it's very easy to get power through a car correctly and almost nobody can do that. So <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. It's very rough.
1: Did you guys have any more specific Haltechy sort of questions or anything like that I, or or oh. I'm not sure
0: team Microtech What <laughs> uh I was going to say I what I like is they give you more authority over the drive by wire. Holly has a good drive I love drive by wire more than drive by cable and Holly has a good handle of it but they only uh they only give you so much swing on like advanced tables. Do you see that too?
1: yeah definitely you and, can't like shut uh, it uh, like 100%. you said
0: like a hall tech you've had it shutting to like 23 percent to maintain uh torque amount you yeah you, you can move it like tw- if you can floor a holly car i don't know if you can get it below 50 percent on advanced tables i think 20 sometimes is like the maximum you can yank
1: yeah well that's where the and a few other ECU's have that like the the tech has a like it's got a pedal to you know, like pedal-to-throttle conversion Oh, it has that too.
0: Yeah, it's nice. And
1: and then it also has a separate table, which is a max angle table, which is, again, can do 4D axis on that. Oh, so, okay. So you can have it of, like, this is the translation, this is the request to demand, and then you can have a clamp. And, like I said, that clamp table can be 4D axis. So that's where you can do some pretty cool stuff with that. Like, you can do it with traction control, you can do it with boost control, you can do... Uh, like i even have blower cars that have like full on like different boost levels off the drive by wire throttle clamp. Like nice. You could, like you could have a, a car that's pulley to say twenty pounds of boost, and you could then figure out the throttle angle on the dyno, and you could have it where it's got like six hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred horsepower and you can on a can key keypad through the drive by wire. Yeah.
0: You could map it basically an opening point to a pressure point, and if you ask for Absolutely. a certain amount of boost, it'll automatically go to the opening point. Correct. Wow. Yep. Yeah, that'll feel really smooth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's how, because I had a a G35 I swapped a couple years ago with a 4.8 and a LSA blower and a CD09 Nissan manual gearbox. And it made like 17 pounds. It was pulled to the moon. It made 17 pounds at like 1,600 RPM. Yep. <laughs> so that wow. could be very lurchy because it had a short ratio box it had like a 355 gear and it had the blower that just wanted to make almost 20 pounds all the time so it was yeah. neat to be able to mute that put an exponential curve in and it would drive like my stock kia
1: yeah yeah was, for sure it was awesome that yeah um what someone else just asking about uh tech have something similar to advanced tables on holly yeah oh, like yeah. so they do but essentially it's um it it doesn't look like the advanced tables, but it's like the way that I would say it is like. So I would say, what are what are you trying to do with advanced tables in the Holly? And then there's just a different way to achieve it in the Haltech. So if you are trying to do, say, uh, like a you know like a fuel compensation or something, they have like literally I think there's like 20 fuel compensation tables that are completely configurable if you want to. You know what I mean?
0: What I've um, seen as like ho- Holly has like a. You have to go to a other place to modify something like the advanced tables or where you do all the advancements and what I've noticed on my short stint of like messing with Tech cars is If you want to change something in the fueling you enable an option on that you go to the fuel plane The main one and there's check boxes that are like ethanol this that this that and then once you check that it becomes a fuel table part of the file tree and then you can you get the exact yeah. thing you want in the drop down with the fueling. Is that's that's what I've seen.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like if you wanted, like you're saying, or or say you wanted to uh, like yeah, whatever it is. Like if you have a feature and you go, I want it to be uh, an advanced feature. It's uh, a lot of the time, like like I said, like you can have it, it. Will be in there. Like if you want a fuel correction for intake air temp or whatever. Like that's just standard in there. You know what I mean? But anything like I would run, um like say we have ignition retards. Versus like a, a common one is. So say a traction control strategy is probably one of the best ones where I'll use some advanced sort of features. So we'd have the EC will calculate slip rate through the front and rear wheels, but then you can then tell it what to do. So the, in the traction control, it will have like a cutting strategy. So you can tell it under how much slip error we're going to then start to cut the engine, but then you can then use that in an ignition trim um, and you can have that feed into like, you can have it in say a generic ignition correction, which would pull timing, or you could then move that over to, like I said, like if it was a car, drive-by-wire car, you could then, uh, you reference that in a drive-by-wire max clamp axis. You know what right, I mean? Yeah. So um, that's where I would say that, yeah, like, so at the same thing of, of like, does it have the same thing with advanced tables? Yeah, absolutely. It does. I would say it's probably goes deeper than that. And then definitely you touched on the flex fuel thing. Like the, the way that um, Haltec, handles that is that it's a i would say it's what we'd call a true ve model from the start in that it's calculating it's doing the you know density of variant in the engine and then it's also doing the fuel properties so when you put a flex sensor on it it actually knows what the stoichiometric air fuel ratio is and then so i've had cars where we flex tune and if you put all of the proper information in like injector data your ve table's accurate and all that sort of stuff is accurate i've had cars where We've tuned the car on 98, like which is our pump fuel, like 98 Ron. It's the same as US 93, and we've dumped that out, put E85 in the car, and literally made like no changes, and it would be like two percent correction. That's like because every the...
0: Holly car I touch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> their fuel and, and that's with models no like perfect. Also, yeah. yeah.
1: That's with no extra tables. You just tell it that it's flex fuel, and you say that's oh, the same. Oh, I know what you mean it's it. Flex they
0: fuel. they have the built-in. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, do, it's built
1: into the fuel model. Yeah, you have it's, to do the math so you, table.
0: Yeah, which I'm like, why don't yeah. you guys just have a config for ethanol, and you can turn it on? Because similarly, Megasquirt has the same. They have a base setting where you're like, I have a flex sensor, and then it has like raw, like zero percent, a hundred percent, and they're they're already pre-filled out. But yeah, if, if all of your sensor data is good, that doesn't need any changing because it's just a, a linear amount.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's where, probably the other thing I really like with the, the way that the Haltech does does it slightly differently is um instead of needing to do an adder table for your ignition advance for E85, like it allows you to do 4D access on just about everything. So you can do 4D access on the ignition table. So you can have a main load versus RPM ignition table, but then you can have a fourth axis of, fuel content so you can change it across the entire area anywhere you want you know what i mean because there's like a slider across the bottom that can be ethanol content so you can have uh, a completely different spark map if you want to instead of just having them going okay we're going to add three degrees when it's got you know over yeah. 50 cent ethanol you can make it so with that 4d mapping you can have it where exactly where you want to have the timing you can have it where because a lot of the time i would find is when you start to push power on ethanol then you'll start to be looking at things like head gasket sealing and stuff like that where you might be trying to minimize torque through certain areas and stuff like that and that's where um having that full control of the timing table um versus ethanol i find is just really good and it's just it's just so simple to set it up honestly
0: i was gonna say because that's what my friend calvin was asking if you like he said you can right click on any table and max ecu and add a fourth or third dimension which is exactly what you just Touched on, so he just said there it answers my question because i was going to say i'm pretty sure you can because i've done it with hall tech to do like uh ethanol and whatnot but yeah there's a here's a really funny one one of my friends told me that you might not know that i learned on a sneaky way to do flex on the holly stuff also is in individual cylinder tuning you can enable a 3d table and you can offset the axis by flex so you can have you can just paste them all the same, but you can kind of backdoor and not use any advanced tables or even a 3D table because in the individual cylinder mapping, you can enable uh, a 3D table yeah. and you can f- flesh in spark only above boost only above RPM. But in the individual cylinder table,
1: yeah, that's a cool way to do it. Yeah, I haven't done it like that before, but I could definitely say I've used He's the done individual the fuel cylinder
0: trim and the spark adder in the individual cylinder tables yeah yeah pretty cool yeah
1: no that's a cool way to do it it's a yeah how is can stuff with the Heltec. yeah no the can stuff in the Heltec. i would say it if you're coming from max you're going to be i wouldn't say disappointed but they they have it designed to work with their stuff right it's kind of like holy to some extent but it's a little more open than that but yeah like if you are wanting to do like it's designed to work with their boxes, so to speak. Um, whereas I know that the the uh, you know the Max you can do custom can comp- the Link can do the same thing to an extent. You know what I mean? Like custom
0: can to you can just tell it to you know, like whatever. Listen, I, I saw I watched a live thing on a Max ECU once. I'd love to see like Evans do it, but like I remember they were just like listening and doing something and like oh there it is, and then they started to build out a table for it, and it was on yeah. a stock BMW or some European car that they were messing with.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's. It, it, I would say definitely they have the one thing that Haltech has done is they have like published their can stream. So and there's heaps of people making third party stuff for the Haltech that like identifies as a Haltech can IO box or something yeah. like that. Like so, like that they've published it. So in that way, it's probably because as far as I'm aware, Haltech uh, Holy haven't published any of that they stuff. They have like not. Secret no, a lot so of they, people you will know, give you
0: later. the info if you ask. I have a lot of friends that do custom holly can stuff. Dale who's posting here has done custom holly can stuff, like reverse engineered and added stuff. But uh but yeah, I have friends who do like the I'm swapping a E92 BMW right now and a friend of mine that makes like the motor mounts and everything else, uh Mike Page, he also sells a can translation box. So you hook it up to the holly can And the BMW can, and it satiates like 90% of the things it's looking for ECU-wise. Runs the TAC, speedometer, and then also it does crazy stuff like you can control the air conditioning. And uh, it even will grab all four ABS sensor data. So you could set up a four-wheel traction control table and some crazy shit.
1: So, well, and so one part I could touch on is that, so the Haltech does have predefined can templates for certain cars. So that's the only thing, like, there's a few cars that they make plug-in kits for yeah, like that the they Falcon. do have. It. So Yeah, the Falcon, it, like, fully replaces the stock ECU. Everything works like standard. So all cool. the aircon, the four-wheel speeds, everything all comes in through the ECU. Um, that also works for some of the Subaru stuff as well. And, like, anything that they say they have, like, a plug-in for a lot of the time, I think they have it on the um, Polaris as well. What is it, like a yzr or something like that or whatever it makes all that stuff work like factory as well huh. um but yeah they, so if you go on the software it's in there in the can settings it has all the vehicles that they have can templates for but i will say like it's relatively limited at the moment um and and it's just like really a few sort of key cars that they they have in there with the can templates defined um but yeah, it doesn't have the ability to have a can, like it doesn't have can sniffer natively in the software like the Max does or anything like mm. that. And then you don't have the ability to, not yet, but the good thing with Haltech, they do add stuff all the time, but you don't have the ability to set up like your own custom can output channels and stuff, which I know mm. a lot of people like about the Max and the Link is that you if you can find the information, you can write the thing to get it yeah, to if send Yeah, you're messages. a genius,
0: that I mean, that's why I know like Evans is like, I love Link and MoTeC and whatever. And I'm like, well, that's because you're a fucking genius, dude. <laughs> K- yeah. Evans can like, he's like, it's like the movie The Matrix where he's looking at the green code. He's like, oh, yeah, there's your ABS <laughs> sensors right there. Like, dude, okay. And then he just writes stuff for it. I'm like, yeah, it seems easy when you're, you know, flying a fighter jet seems easy when you're a fighter jet pilot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, definitely. But yeah,
1: like I said, I would say in that way that like, yeah, they have some canned templates to find. Um, but yeah, it's not they don't have all of them. But yeah, like I, I would sort of ask like, what are you trying to do with it? Because like, there's a lot of workarounds that people have done. Like, say for example, like eight HP control and stuff like that. Um, yeah. a lot of those they they've done that. Like, it's all like there's heaps of cars running eight HPs and stuff like that with a with a Haltech. Like, it's they yeah. So not directly off the ECU, but like with a, a canned ECU or something. Yeah,
0: Joking <laughs> up my coffee. oh man that was awful watered my eyes immediately oh yeah there was something i was gonna ask about i have never touched a fuel tech car what do you think about those easy use
1: yeah, I've done a couple. Yeah, I've done a couple. I don't mind them. I think there's certain things. I in my opinion of the FuelTech is it's designed heavily towards the drag racing market. I think yeah, like alcohol drag cars only. That, yeah, it seems like that's what they've really uh, what they've really focused at. Um, but the like definitely some of the things if you've ever like used it at the track, their features of their uh, like drag racing traction control features and power management stuff is very. Quick and easy to set up because the way I don't know if you've used it before, but if you do a, a run at the drags, you can then um, open that data log in the actual power management area of the software, and it will overlay the drive shaft data, the engine RPM, all that sort of stuff, and it will show you. Uh, it's it's just a very easy way to if you want to drag oh, the dots, nice. so to speak, and like plot the drive shaft curve. It um, overlays like what on-
0: actually happened with what's on the computer, and people can very
1: easy So it's like very easy to uh, modify run to run um so oh, like that like i think the ability... plot a
0: drive shaft table for you it'll show yeah, you where it's like you are yeah like to extent it nice. it
1: overlays it in the software so you can see the drive shaft curve directly uh versus what your target drive shaft curve is or wherever. um so i think that's really good um and it definitely makes it it's very quick and easy to set up um the Closed loop control's quite good as well. I would say it's probably very similar to Holly in that yeah, it's quite it's quite fast and it and it's it's accurate. Um the probably the weird thing coming from like most other ECUs, even Holly for example, is FuelTech like is all primarily pulse width based. Um yeah, it's, versus it's, it has like,
0: like a no VE, <laughs> is what I hear people yeah. complain about.
1: They do have a drop down where you can, like, right. They added it in the last update or whatever, where you can do, like, it's like a calculator VE, but it's definitely not a real number. Like yeah. No, as most people would know, like a Turbo LS car, for example, is like if you do a hit at wastegate. And then you add another five pounds boost to it. The VE numbers, if everything's modeled properly and you're not dropping fuel pressure or something stupid, like it should almost not change. Like until you start to outrun the turbo and you get into back pressure, and then it'll probably nose over a little bit. Like there'll be a big window of operation where the VE numbers will be almost the same. Weird. You know I mean? Like <laughs> um, that's what. Whereas I
0: that's what I've heard from people yeah. is like the fuel model doesn't exist. It's just something they came up with and it it works and all, but. Yeah. You don't expect mm. to look at it and have it make sense like you're used to.
1: Yeah, but yeah, definitely I would say the okay. drag racing uh traction control stuff, like the ability to do, um like say for example if you're comparing it to a holly like versus a like with the you know, was it the extra five hundred dollar add on for traction control or wherever it is, um that stuff's just in there. You know, there it has for all that. Free, yeah. yeah, it has all of that stuff straight off the bat. Um it can do both Drive shaft and engine rpm control simultaneously which is very popular wow. um obviously yeah so you can do yeah and the HellTech can do that as well um but and yeah so that's probably the other thing i'd say with the HellTech is like things like if you uh, like if you could, we're talking the current generation like an r3 or an r5 HellTech, um that has all that stuff as well it has torque management it can do drive shaft and engine rpm management simultaneously um and that's included in the price of the ecu you know what i mean um but yeah the fuel tech does the same thing it's 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 uh it's very nice whereas yeah obviously with the holly where is it you've got to get that extra torque management add-on and, and uh yeah i mean like i said not not to bash them at all but it's just one of those things of the, no that's it, it exactly what i've heard because
0: i have that friends who have uh, like they they very clearly need like a terminator but they don't want to they want to do something different or like a weird thing is people get they were they did a great business model when they made the dash the ecu because everyone's like i get a dash like they're they're just so glossed over they're like i get a dash i don't i'll live with a thousand things i don't like because i got a a three and a half inch screen but i mean it is nice but yeah i would say like i have heaps of friends who are who have like low four high three second methanol drag cars that can't say enough good shit about fuel tech because yeah. like it just can handle that it has all of that stuff built in for free, it's easy, like you said, all the same things, but then I have street car friends who want like a four l e d e six liter turbo l s car to be street friendly, and I'm like, i cannot recommend it i uh I don't think it's that's for you, yeah.
1: No, I yeah, I would agree. Even I think I remember Devin's video, like talking about like some of the way that if you're used to Holly or haltech or about being able to like very easily control outputs, like with logic things of like, you okay, can't. I want this on with this and this and that. And it's like, nope, that's it's very, very basic. They have like RPM activated output, a map activated output, yeah, there's and like, like nothing it feels so new to like compared to working with any other platform you're like how is there not more options it's yeah the like, software then, is very said, bare if, yeah if you use it for what it's intended for i would i would say you're like okay this is pretty good like it, it definitely does yeah that well
0: yeah but yeah i remember a bunch of people were like oh i want to get the fuel tech because it comes with the dash and everybody i know has holly and i want to be different and i'm like okay, you can't expect a reasonable amount of support from your friends that you're going to need if you do all that. That's yep. fine, but you're going to be there by yourself. Like, I don't know what to tell you. And then they kind of, I feel like, like like we said, it's good for motorsport for that particular drag race. But I feel like they rope people sometimes where they're like, this will work. And then they're like, but you need six boxes. Yeah. You need six oh, yeah, boxes. It's, I feel... It's, yeah. Halltech was kind of the same way for a while. I had the same feelings If you wanted to do a lot with a Halltech, you had to have six boxes like uh I had, yeah, I've seen people like uh my buddy race wires Troy Baum that's like he's like an hour away from me that does uh wiring same as Devin, and he's a Halltech dealer and he loves Hull tech stuff, but he's like installed a Halltech today, and there's like the aluminum panel, you know. And then it's like box, yeah. box, 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 hall tech, hall tech, hall tech. And I'm like, yeah, it looks like a fucking hall tech install. It's the whole passenger side of the car. Yeah, I just say dumb shit like yeah. that for fun. But then like, you know, a Dominator is a brick with six 36 pin plugs in it. So
1: yeah. I would say that, yeah, like definitely I would techs getting better with the um, R5. like, And yep. that's, you know, more for those types of cars. You mean like the we the 2500 series, the two connector ECU that we would have been that thing where it's like a whole panel of like 30 boxes or yeah. whatever. Um, That that was, I mean, it was, I think it was probably, well, it's just not a good fit. Like you said, like honestly, if you have like a race car and you want to have a shock sensor on every corner of the car and you're going to have this, you that. Are, yeah, you have
0: like four inputs. You can't and, even do all your shocks.
1: Yeah, and, and it's one of those things where a Dominator makes sense to do that, you know, because it has the input and output to do it at that time. And so yeah. it's like you would have been better off probably doing that. Um, now, like I said, with the R5, I think that's pretty good. I also agree with – um. I remember on actually one of Devin's ones where he was on, he was saying about the fact it's a PDM mixed with an ECU, like maybe not a great idea. Um, I would typically agree, and I tell people when we're doing a race car with an series ECU, I would say keep – like don't make the ECU do stuff it doesn't have to. You know yes. what I mean? Like, um, it's the if you keep it more to what it's going to do. Like, imagine it's like the Dominator wire, like a Dominator. You know what I mean? I'm even a big fan. I would try and keep the thermo fans and stuff all on separate relays and stuff. Have that high current switching out, out outside the ECU. It I agree. In yeah. Uh, what's yeah.
0: funny is someone asked, and I was going to ask the same thing. Thoughts on having the PDM in it? But yeah, you're not asking it to do. I would. I don't. I would not run a trans break off of an ECU pdu that's a I, lot of i've
1: done that a bit and it, it seems to work okay on the i've seen trans like that... through, but at the same time i'm a big fan of just a solid state relay just outside the you know because it can take the brunt of it and it can be outside the main Yeah. Processor. i
0: just mean i know i know things like starters uh transbrake solenoids and big coil devices can just dump like crazy voltages back and forth so yeah yeah but like you were saying it's you have a going to uh solid state the pwm the the like bump or creep yeah. or whatever anyway
1: yeah like i said i I've, I've actually done the direct to one of the high current outputs off the trans brake so i've done that a handful of times and with very good success and no weird stuff no weird operation of the ecu uh but things like yeah thermo fans like you get people who go crazy and they want to wear the whole car front to back through it i'm like don't do that like you can use the output to trigger a relay you know what i mean like there's a reason like keep that really crazy high current stuff you just Putting heaps more heat, current load, everything through it. This just seems like pointless at that point. It's like yeah, operate wrong the with whole a car old,
0: really, and but... run 105 amps through it. Is yeah,
1: but, but yeah, definitely. Some of the other thing that's really nice with the uh, the Nexus series stuff. They have a six-axis G sensor inside the ECU. That's the other thing that FuelTech has. Actually, excellent. Uh, the FuelTech does some really cool stuff with the G sensor. Oh, inside I didn't know it. they had that in um, it.
0: I learned something. Yeah, so the game. Nexus
1: has it and the FuelTech have it as well. They have the six axis. So it's also a gyro and everything. So the FuelTech one, another thing that FuelTech does over the Haltech, I'd say, which is quite good, is it can derive chassis speed off the G data. Wow. So if you look... Yeah, so it will have like a calculated mile an hour of the chassis. You need to calibrate it for each car because it yeah. determines orientation, vibration, everything. Of but course. once it's calculated and calibrated, it's exceptionally accurate. You can have it where... You can look at the like the calculated time slip and mile an hour and stuff, and it yeah. will lie dead on your... It'll be like a draggy. It's like a draggy built inside the You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I have you guys talk amongst yourselves for another minute or two?
3: Yeah.
2: I got it yeah, for, sure.
0: for just a minute. But yeah, that's... Yeah, uh, I was going to ask some stuff about PDU when I get back then, but I'll mute this for now, and you guys can talk amongst yourselves does anybody know Mike Myers you guys you know Mike Myers from that uh, Saturday night live talk amongst yourselves I'm yeah. feeling vacumpt yeah uh, I'll be right back no, no
1: yeah, I can I can uh, do this What have we got uh shouldn't suggest you know any feel of yeah I I would say like the yeah the, I know that they market that as like no fuses relay switches I think that's to target a certain market but if you had a more serious race car i would not be doing it like that um that's my personal opinion i would uh i like to try and keep you want to have less uh you know less areas for failure i would have it where you're just having the ecu do uh normal stuff like how you would wire a dominator for example um and then have it uh do that like we use a high current outputs for what they're good for i i think it's One of the good things is we normally power a bank of uh, injectors and a bank of coils um, from there because you can actually sense the live current that the system is drawing, um, which is quite nice. Um, So things like that, if you're interested in what current, because obviously it logs not only the voltage being supplied, but also logs how much current is being drawn on that. So that can be nice to monitor certain things. Um, But, yeah, that's definitely not a... um, it, you know, it doesn't need... you. Some things you don't need to monitor that. And then I would say if it's something that is a relatively basic thing, then I would just be... Uh, I would put it through a conventional relay and stuff like that, just get that switching away from the ECU. One, two. One, two, Skid Factory. What's up with... Al, yeah, Al's, uh, he's off. Uh, he's retiring from YouTube. Yeah, he's... Uh, I think everybody knows that. What else we got? I may have an ask. What's my favorite Skid Factory build? Ooh. Um, that's a good one. I like the, actually, I think Al's Brown. honestly. I'm just a huge big block fan. <laughs> that thing's just cool. I just think big blocks are sick. They just it just does everything it needs to so effortlessly. It sounds cool. It's uh, it's uh, it's just a really cool cruiser. I think yeah, that for me and yeah, like I said, it's I just don't think you can beat the sound of a big block. They sound great. Favorite turbo. That's a hard one. Depends on what you're trying to do. Um, the. I mean, yeah, honestly, we use, on our own personal car, we use a Pulsar, which is like a cheap version. You know, it's a a cheaper version of Turbo, but I have used them on heaps of cars, and I think they're just incredible bang for buck. They are just amazing. (laughs) So what's the coolest red big block HQ you've worked on? Dave, I know that's you. yeah, PSR, PWM fuel pump? Yeah, PWM fuel pumps aren't too bad. I would say that though, be careful with that. Um, There's definitely some pumps that one of my favourite PWM fuel pumps is the Fuel Lab 5.5. I think that's an excellent piece. Um, It works really, really good and it's got good speed control. Um, The aeromotive stuff's not too bad either. Um, I do know just like trying to PWM any kind of random pump can sometimes be problematic.
0: PWM fuel pumps? pumps. Hell yeah.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, the, oh, the Fuel Lab 5.5 is great. The
0: Aeromotor stuff's pretty good too, and yeah. Weirdest thing. Well, we were talking a little bit about that early. Oh, someone had said, yeah, it, I... it just popped into my head, someone had asked probably like an hour ago, how did you get into cars and tuning? And he said... Oh, he, yeah,
1: I think, I mean...
0: He, he said like, ignore if sort you already of answered and... this, but...
1: I mean, yeah, sort of covered it. I, was, I guess it was like, yeah, how we first sort of started. I just had like yard car or paddock crash or whatever yep. you sort of said that then sort of, and like I was an apprentice mechanic. And so then that sort of revolved around into then building my first Mega Squared ECU, tuning my own car. And then that sort of moved on to tuning friends' cars. And then, yeah, sort of the rest is history. Um, I've always really sort of uh, tried to, better myself as much as i can i read as much as i can you know what i mean like i've done you know i've even looked you know the from you guys like even the evans guys i've, I've seen i think it's you can you can never stop learning in this area you know what i mean oh, yeah. there's, there's always something to be learned from anyone you know what i mean so um yeah that's probably that's probably the very brief summary but yeah essentially always been in cars mechanic by trade uh Modify my own stuff. Eventually, moved into tuning people's cars, and that's doing all I do now. <laughs> yep, just doing dumb shit. Yeah,
0: that's funny. What's your favorite bearded man on the Sunshine Coast?
1: <laughs> favorite bearded man. There's
0: probably no, is it? you. That
1: it's that's definitely somebody I know. And the funny is because that the both of my mates are on there, and so he they both have beards. So that's a
0: <laughs> he's implying himself.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: No, you guys were talking about PWM fuel pumps.
1: Yeah, they were talking. Yeah, I agree with that. BKS one thousand doesn't do a thousand. Yeah, I agree with that. That's uh, especially on ethanol. Not, not, no way. I think yeah. we had one the other day. It went to about nine hundred on a on E eighty five uh, through a manual nine hundred, and, f- and that was starting to drop fuel pressure.
0: Mm. R five. Yeah, I was gonna say about the R five uh that's what i noticed immediately about like the rebel ecu is because it's like a neutered firmware r3 and they it seems like they have coil fuel injectors and some other stuff just getting powered so you don't have to do any wiring you just connect those battery nipples on the thing and that's it yeah super smart i I
1: did touch on it well while you were out i was saying like so we do, typically, that's actually one that I don't, I like, is that you can do the injector and coil power off a R-series and then it not only vol- logs the voltage that's being applied on that pin, but it also yeah, logs the current it. that's being drawn by those things. So if you have a problem, it makes, it's just another sort of lever you can use to diagnose an issue. Yeah, so cool. I think that's quite nice.
0: So yeah. I was just going to say the same thing. I hope even though the Rebel may not let you, like take full control of those power outputs like you could on an R3 or an R5 It'd be cool if they still let you look at those voltages, which I would assume probably Yeah, you can still monitor them even if you can't completely I think they even give you two or one of them I think it's like coil and injectors and then the other two I think you can actually use
1: yeah, I believe that is the case. Yeah, that they're leaving them open. Yeah. So they. But very simple, portable.
0: but it makes sense because people are going to do dumb shit with them and they're attached to the ECU. <laughs> like yeah. you said, running 80 amp in rush current thermo fans like off of 125
1: amp output. Know, it's, it's just silly. It's just, I, yeah, I. I don't get it. It's like this, but the thing that it makes is that it's like, there's nothing wrong with a 70 amp relay on that thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's so simple. It's like, just do it like that. It's Yeah.
0: yeah just put a big relay on it with 38 yep. studs on it. So you're not, nipping it through a 16 gauge wire on a (laughs) haltec
1: how i mean you would have seen it sure i mean i know that's one of the things i see frequently is like a 525 fuel pump with a blade 30 amp fuse stuck in it and it's like the car runs for any more than like 30 minutes and the fuse like literally turns into liquid around the you know like the fuse the body of the fuse starts to melt before it blows it'll turn
0: black and set on fire and melt and that it'll disconnect itself by melting not blowing the fuse yeah. That's how I learned right away that people don't have right grounds. Seasons it.
1: I see that uh seventy six seventy five on a four point two liter, I'm assuming sure that's for the Ameribara. I feel,
0: Who was that, that to me, that? I I'm think sorry. is a little
1: small on turbine wheel for that, like depending on how much cam you have in that engine and how hard it wants to turn. But definitely we would see on a barrow that like a 75 mil turbine car typically tops out right around a thousand and then it's like back pressures like two to one and it just doesn't want to go any further. It's through the roof. And
0: yeah. What's it called? What is there's my brain? Here we go. Yeah, there's five here.
1: Inbuilt scopes also a nice function cuz oh, you oh, yeah. can do Alltech the little has that, right? Yeah, inbuilt scope, yeah. Is that on every yeah.
0: input Which you can is... scope?
1: Uh, yeah, it depends on what ECU you have, but definitely okay. on an R-, R series, yes. Um and then the Elite 2500 and 1500 you can do most, but some of the more basic like the Elite 550, 750 stuff, it's only like certain inputs that you can trigger. Yeah, you can scope,
0: yeah. That's wild, you can but, scope yeah, yeah. It at all. That's cool.
1: Yeah, and it's like it's quite good, honestly. It's like great for doing trigger problems or whatever. It's literally inbuilt scope in the ECU. You can just open it up and see it live.
0: That's what I heard. That's what I'm waiting for, like the the rebel stuff, because uh, I heard that you don't do any setup. You just put the ECU into like. Well, they have an app. What's funny is Holly's rushing to do application stuff. They released the Sniper application now. Oh yeah, so you can plug a Bluetooth module into the Sniper, and you can dial in everything on the sniper with the app now because i remember when the rebel said they were coming out that they were going to have a full-on thing and then what's cool is i saw that you just crank the engine and it identifies the triggers you have yeah simple like stuff like that that no one else is doing so that's really cool
1: yeah definitely yeah so with the 4200 with the yeah i would definitely the 7675 that's exactly what i expect that to do we typically it depends what you want to do with a Barra, but like a G45 is a pretty good fit. So that's like, well, that's like an 80 mil turbine. Um It's not too bad. And then even the S400 stuff actually pairs quite nicely if the converter and everything's there for it. Um Even, yeah, an S400 is not bad. They work pretty good.
0: S400. Yeah, and then what, uh... yeah, I was asking, I was seeing like, I don't, I feel like, doesn't Ford have, well, yeah, they do. They have like a 6R80, no. What, what's the, yeah, 6R80. The Falcon one, is that, that's fairly good, right? Isn't that, is that, is that yeah, serious? it's not too bad.
1: It's a, it's a ZF in the Falcon that we got over here. It's the 6HB26, which from what I understand is like, it was the predecessor of the 6R80. Um, I think the 6R80 is slightly beefier in like some certain shafts or something. Because I know that an upgrade over here for 6HBs is uh. Yeah, ZF six. It's a yeah, six HP twenty six. The um the upgrades for those when they build them, they put like internals out of the later six R eighty in them to make them stronger. Um, hmm. So, but yeah, but from what I understand, they're like nearly identical. They yeah, it's just like six R eighty was it is like an, a evolution of a six HP twenty six. From what I understand,
0: are those like a? I feel like up to a point, like up to like three quarter race car, they're like uh you should just leave it in. But as soon as it's making outrageous power or if it's super fast, skipping the gears and getting like a three speed is easier. But I feel like I've seen a bunch of those go pretty fast with that stock forward six speed.
1: Yeah. There's, yeah. Those guys have gone real fast on the stock forward six speed. Like they reliably. definitely, I think it's the same. I think, yeah, exactly. Reliably. I think it's the same sort of thing though. Once you start to sort of get up around that sort of horsepower, you can then start to take advantage of the like a really well-built torque converter and stuff yeah, like that and course. the fact that anybody who knows a car that is got the power and has a torque converter that works like you can get a really good 60 foot with a three-speed 400 you know yeah. what i mean if the car's set up for it it's like and the converter works and everything it's like uh it's just so much simpler it's stronger it's just yeah like but yeah guys have gone real fast on 6r stuff like and
0: I thought I uh, saw, because a couple times, Full Boost has done videos on like a, it's almost like a Ford Edge is what it looks like. It's like one of the Ford SUVs that has the, they have like a Falcon motor and six-speed transmission in it, and the yeah, guy's freaking yeah. it, it was going like a high nine. I was like, damn.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild that... Yeah, that's, that seemed to be where they get to. They sort of go, I I don't know even off the top of my head what the fastest 6R car over here is, but I think they've gone into the 8s, but then they don't go a heap faster than that. Territory. That kind of seems to be... The, yeah board Territory, and then,
0: someone just named it, yeah.
1: Yeah, Territory, that's the... Yeah, it's like the SUV version of an XR6, yeah. I
0: remember the guy um, saying, like it, it like, as soon as they started dipping into trying to close in on the 9s is when the transmission... Like, he's like, we're, we're we're fixing this transmission, like, every 10 passes. But before that, it was great.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what you see is that those cars, like, this is, and this is exactly what they see, is that they would go, they'd be going, like, pushing hard and trying really hard on that thing. And then they'd get the shits with it. And they're like, I'm putting a 400 in the car. And it instantly, like, PBs the first time it goes to the truck. It track. probably picks no, up a second,
0: it, yeah, on a good yeah, converter. It's just,
1: like, straight away. It's just, like, they're like, yeah, there's no. Once you get to a level it's like just just move
0: on, go. It's funny to explain to people how there's like a you're telling the ECU to manage torque, make the shift. Your ratio you have so many ratios that it's it's wasting two seconds of acceleration time in torque management. (laughs) Even though it's fast and it's chirping five gears and it still has wasted like a full second of its pass inside torque management.
1: But yeah, uh, back to the for the we I would probably I wouldn't go to an 88 mil compressor wheel. I don't think the 88 mil uh, compressor wheel and the 88 mil turbine are a great fit together. I'd probably like you won't need a 88 mil compressor. Maybe an 85, and then yeah, the they do well, like I said over here. We get Pulsar. They do a one which is uh it's got the GT50 turbine in it, so it's like a 102. Uh, oh, nice. 91 or whatever. That's that's quite a good turbo. Um, but yeah, I mean, it depends what you're doing. It depends on how much head flow the thing's got, how much it wants to RPM, like so many things. Like, even a like very common combo over here for a thousand with a Barra with a Turbo 400 would be a G45. You know what I mean? That where it does it quite easily with a G45.
0: And what's a 45 um, and yeah, like, other... is that like a 7682 or something?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be is a 7782 really? or
0: whatever. Wow. I just I totally think so. guessed yeah. that. <laughs> I
1: think it is, yeah.
0: Because, yeah, I get lost on, like, yeah. the the Garrett, when people say a Garrett, whatever, because I'm just so used oh. to, like, domestic sizes, where you just say well, the small side on both sides. I was going to
1: say, we were touching on that before. I actually, the I reckon the Pulsar stuff's great. We run that on our own stuff. I don't know if you guys get that, but I think it's similar to VS Racing or whatever. Like, man, I, I can think you can get them here, things, just so not that many great. people
0: are, you know, I'm I'm not tuning a lot of stuff with that on it i've heard of those yeah. turbos plenty i've heard people talking about them
1: i think they're very similar to vs honestly i think yeah the but yeah definitely they they're just excellent i i i don't know i can't fault mine it works great and i honestly know even if i switched it out for a genuine uh Garrett turbo it i would be very surprised if it would pick up really anywhere like,
0: honestly <laughs> sure it'd be pretty close yeah yeah There's... but yeah i
1: mean then also <laughs> if it's what you've got on the shelf i'd probably run it yeah
0: yeah of course if they already yeah. have something why not try it then you that's, know if it's it's bad funny not. people
1: talk about the the rated you know the the rated so as long as they said they're 1500 rated i would be like you always got to remember that that's flywheel and like perfect scenario <laughs> um, yeah
0: that's on a bench it's... it can flow exactly this much 1500 Or what would you say, 150 CFM, usually, it's usually, you know, taking away zero. Like 80 pounds per minute is 800 horsepower or whatever that is. It's pounds per minute, I think. So 150 pounds pounds per minute, per minute minute is roughly 1500 horsepower capable of moving. But yeah, that's if the, if it doesn't back up on the turbine and if it doesn't back up on six intake items and yeah
1: exactly that when they bring that number they're only talking about the compressor wheel you know what i mean that's just the flow rate and they go yeah this compressor wheel can flow 150 pounds per minute but that doesn't mean that you can actually flow that through the turbine housing yeah. at any kind of desirable emap ratio how you know many I mean? and that's where are you using? People get lost
0: yeah a thousand things
1: because you would probably see that as well like we we, we would see like a you know the over here like people use the g42 1200 or 1450 or something and you see that which is like wheel size that's like a you know it's like a, a uh, what is it it's like a, a 73 75 or 79 75 you know what i mean mm-hmm. and they come in on a, a six liter and they go i just want to make 1100 and you're yeah. like there is <laughs> no way this thing's making 1100 should a got another one.
0: On yeah just stick another one yeah. on here that's yeah that's how this gets done And they go
1: but it's rated at 1450 and you're like doesn't work like that
0: yeah maybe if it was a 1.8 liter b series
1: correct yeah
0: <laughs> just take away three quarters of the turbine influence and you're good little air pump yeah yeah that's always funny how civics and stuff can are making like they have like 62 millimeters and they're making like 930 horsepower but it's just the way that works <laughs> It took me a yep, long time exactly. for my brain to wrap around that. I'm like, I have a 76 millimeter. Why can't I make 800? You know, and you have a, a 360 inch V8 with a 76 turbine. That's why.
1: Exactly right. It's yeah, just that boosted back pressure ratio just goes upside down.
0: It's weird how, uh, but I mean, it all starts to make sense in some strange way.
1: I think it's one of those things, though. If you look at it, say for example, exactly that—if you say you got the Civic that makes 800 horsepower on a 62 mil turbine or something—you look at it and it'll be at 40 pounds of boost and it'll be at 40 odd pounds of back pressure. But then if you try and fit that same airflow number through a LS, it'll still be 40 pounds of boost, but it'll be at 12 pounds of back pressure, at 40 pounds of back pressure. You know, it'll be at like you know 15 pounds of boost. So that's yeah. why your ratio is just completely upside down and the thing just stopped making power, like you know five pounds boost to go. you know what i mean because the, the ratio is just so out out the out of left field
0: yeah i feel like you can't like you almost can't put enough turbine on a stupid ls car
1: oh yeah they just like well and you would have seen it you put more turbine in the car and it just picks up like it just keeps picking up You yeah, know, what, that's what like, i learned I is
0: years and years ago i was like there's just not enough turbine every time i go up on turbine it almost doesn't matter at all what the other numbers are. Just get the damn turbine in there. <laughs> Cause the LS yeah. I feel like LS car doesn't give a shit about a lot of things. So just keeping the back pressure I've also done uh it's been a it's been a weird experiment to go from a small like a seventy six sixty five was one of the earlier Chinese turbos, and then seventy eight seventy five, and then we started getting S four hundred stuff, which was like the first eighty millimeter I ran was an eighty eighty eight and T six one. Yep. That, one thirty-five or whatever, the classic S four hundred and eighty clone, and I'm like, damn, we're already like nine ninety rear wheel all of a sudden. Like, what a jump! Yeah,
1: and it's like you're not even trying. You know what I mean? It's like,
0: yeah, it'll hit a thousand rear wheel at like twenty two pounds max. Yeah, dumb as hell. Yeah, I did something and, the other day and it made five hundred on five pounds, and on twelve point six pounds it made seven thirty. And it yeah, was a four hundred like... inch LS and in a Trailblazer SS with a billet S four eighty on ethanol. And yeah. I, w- I wasn't leaning on it very hard in any direction. It made seven thirty yeah. on twelve pounds.
1: That's it. They just, it's just like too easy. It's like when you get the combination right, it just is like, well, this yeah. is just too easy.
0: Anywhere it's... around I feel like the six liter and a S four eighty with a T six back end are best friends.
1: I think another reason why especially on the LS stuff they love the turbine so much is because a lot of the time people cam it and like the way you know is that like you get the guys who they throw too much cam in like or they want it to sound cool you know mm-hmm. what I mean and they so they throw a heap of cam at it that's got like a fairly tightish lobe separation and then that makes it sensitive to back pressure it just so it's overwhelms like the, lower the you exhaust get that, all the time yeah and so that's where like you put more turbine in the car like you said they just make more and more and more and it's like yeah because it's got a fair bit of cam in it like even if you like that and a lot of the turbo grinds of stuff like we use the btr stuff mostly um but like a lot of them be on 115 degree lobe or whatever and, and they really don't want more than like 1. 1.3 1. 1.4 to 1 boosted back pressure is where they start they, to just yeah, not do as soon what as they it should. breaks
0: one to one they're they're stuck
1: exactly you know what i mean will go and from... that's why yeah like
0: 40 horsepower per pound right to five as soon as that goes yep. over one to one in my opinion
1: <laughs> yep i 100% agree and it's like and that's where people just go oh but the other thing though is like if you have the converter spec right um a lot of the time it doesn't like we had a a 5-3 with twin forty, like twin 73 75s on a 5-3 and that thing spooled up no problems with the turbo 400 you know what i mean like yeah, it's, it's, the if the converter, converter right. spec right for the combo you can throw a crap load of turbo at these things and a lot of the time they'll still come up just fine
0: it's tough to make people realize they might need to put three converters in from a talented converter place to make the car perfect. It's a reality. Like they, did, they're like, no, they they put in a converter and it's terrible, and they're like, I'm just living like this for the next ten years, and they don't
1: realize what they're leaving behind. I'm like, why? Just change road, it. <laughs> it, just, it. Just transforms the car. A lot of I, I saw mean, it most actually, places.
0: It's a free What?
1: I was going to say someone's asking about e-gates and I can't actually talk about that cuz I've tuned a couple cars with e-gates. Oh
0: yeah, they, um, I think they asked earlier or someone else did about the the bridges on the Tech or something but I I don't know. I've never touched an e-gate and I have like a 50/50 opinion because of I don't really see people using them. So, uh
1: I would say a couple things with them. So I've used a couple of e-gates and um, yeah, like no problems. The one thing I would say is I, with the e-gate, I would say it's more important that you get your wastegate priority very good. And the reason I would vouch for that is because that, Uh, In my opinion, they don't move quite as fast as a pneumatic gate, you know what I mean? And so it's still a physical stepper motor that's got to wind the thing open and close. So you will get the best control if you don't have to move the valve very far. And the way that you'll do that is it needs to have really good priority to the waste gate, you know what I mean? Yeah, so the the other thing is you don't have to worry Oh well, yeah, you don't have to worry about the back pressure movement. blowing it open you know some people get really like like they don't want to give it too good a priority because then they'll have to use 100 pounds of co2 to make 30 pounds of it's boost true it's electronic but
0: so it'll just shut itself yeah
1: it, it can just shut itself so i always say like if you're doing e-gate make sure you give it the absolute best priority that you can um because you want it to be able to control the boost with the minimal valve movement and that's the way that the control will be the absolute best it can be um and then yeah they work great um really good yeah, really, really good.
0: I know the oh, control strategy is like a big control. thing. No,
1: I haven't seen any reliability issues. I think some of the early generations E eGate, they had issues with overheating and getting stuck and stuff like that. But they've done a lot of updates in the control. And especially like the Haltech is really easy to con- calibrate your eGate. It's like the throttle. If you ever calibrate eThrottle on a Haltech, there's like a click box. You just go calibrate and it does it. Um, it has the same thing for the gate. Nice. You just wire it up, fuel- you click calibrate.
0: I saw on like one of the Boosted Boys videos when they first started doing the E gate stuff, I saw that they had like their own calibration algorithm and I was like, Man, that's nice. Yeah. So Hall has all the whole yes. same.
1: Yeah, all the same thing. So it automatically it does the same thing for drive by wire, you know what I mean? So but yeah, it does it's the same thing. You just wire it how you're supposed to wire it, obviously. And then you just click calibrate and it does that. It learns the stop positions, it learns the rate limits and everything. It just does all that stuff automatically.
0: That's awesome. And then, uh, is there a, is there like a bias table for that then? So it knows like a certain amount of opening equals a certain amount of boost and it can... Yeah, so
1: you have a, yeah, so the way that you would do it is that, yeah, there's like a base duty table, which the, the, it turns, the way that the Haltech turns it, they, they turn it into a, uh, they turn it into a, the boost control output represents zero percent flow and a hundred percent flow just like normal and they so what they do is they would have it where if the boost control outputs at a hundred that would represent the valve fully closed just like normally you know what i mean uh, so it's okay. like if you,
0: that's neat that they, they, they actually it.
1: do that to make it like so you can think about it like normal you know what i mean and there and like that they sort of did that in their own it simplifies it internally um, yeah yeah uh and then yeah you crack the gate open obviously to to regulate position but a lot of the time you'll find that like a fairly flat position uh has got a really good one as well the FuelTech tech control which i've played with as well works quite well um, a lot of the time you can just like i said if your priority is good you can just like tell it to just like have the base table at like five percent or something like that and then the closed loop can pretty much go from there if you have it dialed but obviously yeah i would typically go through and run at a heap of different boost levels and if you know that gate position that it ends up needing to be to regulate that boost pressure will then populate the feed forward table with that number, and the system will just get more accurate
0: oh so it has like a long term
1: yeah well it has a it has a feed forward table essentially like of where what the expected gate position for a boost pressure and but an RPM it'll automatically
0: would be. populate that as it learns
1: no it doesn't no, it doesn't automatically oh, okay. populate I thought it. that for a second a, yeah.
0: I thought that it would work but, like a air fuel table and it would populate percentages long-term
1: yeah you can definitely um you can turn long-term learning on i haven't put the long-term learning on on the Gate cars i've just just tuned it because it's like essentially once you know what their position is but like i said yeah if the if my tips would be give it excellent gate priority and then you'll find it really doesn't need a whole lot of valve movement to control the turbo and then it's actually really quite simple to tune
0: that's all good advice I'll definitely, yeah, that's nice. It's neat to know that it, it works so well that you need to almost give it a crutch to get the best physical yeah. result out of it.
1: Like I said, I've definitely seen people where they didn't have amazing priority and then the essentially the gate had to go almost fully open to control the turbo. Yeah, and that's like
0: regularly it's working just, like shit. Yeah,
1: yeah, not that great. It's so like, it's but yeah, more... if you give it where it's got really good priority, it's like so good.
0: Huh. Yeah. That's funny, yeah. Because you hear, like, uh, when it first came out, I know part of it is they're learning to control it. The second part of it is a lot of stuff you see on the internet is, like, dramatized version of stuff. So they're always breaking stuff anyway. So then when you see something new come out, like an e-gate, and the people that break shit all the time anyway, you're like, well, it broke because of the e-gate. Not because the people just break stuff every time they touch the car. But yeah, it's tough to uh, willingly participate in that. I can I get it because I love drive by wire and all, everybody hates drive by wire. So I can totally understand when the like, electronic wastegate comes out, people are like, "No way in hell!" <laughs> yeah, because it's comp it's yeah. a complex strategy. But again, once it works, it, it works amazing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm
0: Try absolutely it with a, yeah. People are talking about cold valves. They were going to ask you about that. Oh uh,
1: yeah, Blade That's quite popular these days. You know, yeah the I'd say that's another thing where the heltec's nice because you can do generic, like they allow you to do generic PID and stuff. So you can have, like say you had a a charge pressure sensor that was monitoring the pre throttle pressure. You could then have a small drive-by-wire throttle or something that was then, you know, controlling that pre throttle pressure, um, which is, yeah, great. Like obviously the whole idea, I think they've already sort of said it in the comments, but yeah, like it's to get shaft speed on the turbo.
0: Yeah, through the roof. Able to build...
1: A number of boost that is more than what you're actually leaving on and then when you leave you can then shut that valve and then essentially you know the car hits almost like a nitrous car you know what i mean because it's like it has all this sort of power and reserve
0: yeah i'm familiar with that in like 2003 my buddy frank had a pro charge car uh, with like the crank drive set up on it it was pulled to the moon and they had a wastegate on the cold pipe and like O oh, three, and people were like, "You're dumb as hell," and the car was a record setter every time. And everyone's like, "How are you doing that?" <laughs> yeah, and I think, and, and like I said, that's fully like fully... really what.
1: Oh, I was gonna say, yeah, like it's quite popular. The cold valve these yeah, days coming back, now, drive I feel by like... throttle bodies. Yeah, yeah, that which too. but they move so fast, like it's just yeah, the control can be millisecond. Yeah, that's always
0: my favorite when people are like, "Well, uh, throw a wire as lag." And I'm like, a stock Toyota to that like, has lag, but uh, a motorsport ECU that has drive-by-wire control doesn't have that lag. And uh, you can watch a thousand videos on the internet showing you an electronic throttle absolutely moves faster than your foot can through a cable. So it's yeah. a moot point, but yeah. Yeah, it's wild how much yeah. adjustability, like the that blower car that I built would have never driven nice at all without drive-by-wire. It would have been so yeah, stabby no, exactly. and terrible on and off throttle. Does that, yeah, does the whole, sure. I'm sorry, does the Tech do, can you do twin drive-by-wire? Yeah. So yeah, you could set sad. up another, yeah. like the, th- and it still takes all six wires, even if you want to do, can you like have the amount of wires since it doesn't need double redundancy for like a charge pipe?
1: I'd have to double... Well, yeah, you could because the, you uh, you would set it as a generic PID is what you would do. So then you would just wire one of the position sensors and it yeah, would be, be configured as a drive by wire throttle. It would be configured as just an intake bleed, and then like a generic PID essentially. Oh, so nice. yeah, you could just do it off one position sensor. Yeah,
0: Yeah, that's what I was interested because in, obviously it takes six and you could use three if it didn't need double redundancy for controlling the actual engine directly
1: yeah no you just need one one input to re- represent position and then obviously you'd have a h bridge to drive the motor so you can move two it
0: powers backwards. and then one for position yeah and then
1: yeah bound yeah oh. five on ground yeah
0: that is interesting to know you could use less especially if you move 10 percent throttle and it goes wide open yeah <laughs> i almost <laughs> wish they had something built into the holly to do cruise because Holtec does
1: yeah yeah we have cruise yeah they do make you put like a as as you would imagine it has to like to have the cruise you have to have all the stuff turned on like it's got to have a brake Brake pedal switch and everything manual cars got this it's got to have you know obviously vehicle speed calibrated and there's like a whole heap of things you have to do to have the cruise control function um but yeah it, it works good it's
0: calvin what are you putting on the dyno you have like they have like 26 project cars that are all awesome so when he says he's going to the <laughs> dino, that could be anything. What? He says he's going to the dyno. But you, and oh, thanks, yeah. Thanks for being on. The wagon again. Oh, boy.
1: That's cool. Yeah, thanks for listening from the other side of the world. It's pretty wild.
0: <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. What did What was someone saying? There was something I was going to ask also about oh potato r33 this is so awesome yeah potato is here get the hammer what's your spirit animal and if you hit one i love having him he always jumps in usually pretty late but what's nice is he asks yeah. obscure non-car related questions to kind of break up the monotony that happens at you know at some point <laughs> yeah what's your spirit i don't know if animal? i can say that one what's my spirit animal I have no idea. And if you ran one over, how devastated would
1: you be? <laughs> my, my wife just chimed in and said it's a sloth, apparently, but I haven't hit one of those. Do you, yeah, I was going to say,
0: this might be a stupid question, but do you have sloths in Australia natively?
1: No. I didn't think so. We have koalas. That's probably the closest to a sloth.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think they're there other than like imported, obviously. They're funny little animals. They're weird. Mine is raccoons. Most people know that.
1: We don't I, have those either.
0: My spirit animal <laughs> is raccoons. They're basically like tiny, awesome, crazy, drunken toddlers. They're crazy.
1: They look cool. I've I've seen videos of them. They look awesome.
0: They're awesome. They... The, the funniest part, I love when people go to feed them, like they're holding like a bag of chips and they're going to give them a chip and it, like, fakes and grabs the whole bag, bites their hand, and runs off with the bag. And then they're pissed. And I'm like, that dude won. Like, <laughs> That's awesome. They're, they're crafty little bitches, those guys. They can be nasty, too. I hate the videos that everyone's like, they're always so friendly. I'm like, man, they're not friendly where I live. <laughs> like you can, yeah, right. You can be nice, I guess, but holy shit. Like, they're angry. Even even if they don't have, like, uh, it's very, I would say it's extremely rare to have, like, a rabid raccoon. Everyone always thinks they have rabies or something. But uh, they can get pissed easily, and they'll fight you. They don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. They can be really nasty. And a bunch of them are huge. They can be, like, 30, 40 pounds.
1: That's wild.
0: Yeah, they can. And then, yeah. obviously, they have, like, all their fingers, and they know Taekwondo. You got to be scared. They can use a knife, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what's-his-name calls them drop bears. All the Aussie guys call them drop bears. Yeah. My friend Stephen Alexander. Watch out for the drop bears. He always sends me, like, memes of them, like, with bloody mouths, like they're eating people and shit that they obviously don't do, but... Aren't all the... Isn't it, like, very odd, but... Aren't koalas, like, all drunken chlamydia killing themselves off lately?
1: Yeah, the chlamydia thing's, I think, a pretty big problem, but yeah, uh, yeah, they they're are. like
0: There's, like, a genocide happening because of STDs in, a, in the stupid koalas. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, certain
1: places, definitely.
0: And aren't they always, because they, they, doesn't it, eucalyptus ferments in their stomach? So they're, like, yeah. t- perpetually blasted.
1: Yeah, they don't move very fast. They always, like, yeah. <laughs> Pretty zonked
0: out. There, yeah. <laughs> what a strange animal they are! I have them in my backyard, and they're always sick.
2: <laughs> what are
0: they throwing up, or just moping around? Are they like uh, Florida meth heads there, or what? <laughs> I've seen the the Siggy bum bum cartoons. I know what it's like in Australia.
1: <laughs> yeah. What are
0: they tradies? on their pills yeah yeah tradies train stations
1: yeah we Mike Nolan I the uh cartoon what's the uh,
0: this isn't it what's a what's an interesting American phrase that's like just sounds odd to you guys or just you (sighs) I I went to America
1: in uh when was it 2018 I think it was Hmm. and there was heaps of little things that I just it's just like same but different like just all kinds of stuff that you know like uh, things like just going to the bathroom and stuff like we would ask where the toilet is and you guys like say restroom and like little things like that I don't know it's just weird there's just like little disconnects the whole way through of just like we called stuff different things just yeah
0: yeah that's yeah. like every state in America if you go if you come over a state everything's different everything is this different language yeah the south is yeah, another was... planet <laughs> <laughs> except for till you get to Florida and then it's just it's like a, a prison yard <laughs> most of Florida is like a giant open prison in my opinion it's pretty crazy <laughs> you can do whatever you want in Florida it's pretty cool oh soda pop coke
3: pitta-patta.
1: yeah oh pita <laughs> Oh, that's a long story. I I don't even know if it's appropriate. Wow. <laughs> the um that pitter patter things from uh there's at the Warwick Drag strip, which is where we were gonna go, we got rained out, there's um there's a American guy there, his name's Critter. I don't know what his real name is, but he helps do the track prep and he they if the guy the local guys there he'll if he watches this, he'll be like, What? The local guys there have been uh like just like telling him all these things that are not true like saying oh you can't say that and all this sort of stuff and that's what the pitter patter thing is a reference to he said something about it started raining and then he's like oh it's a bit of pitter patter or something and then the local aussie guys there told him that you can't say that it's like it's it, super it's insulting to like yeah like it's insulting it's like social it's, you know, part, it's like, yeah yeah it's like he goes oh people think you you know like touching kids and stuff and he was like <laughs> then he's like mortified and he's like yeah, and then he's told something and then so he everyone's just, yeah everyone's just all the aussies are in stitches because and yeah so yeah we're definitely larrikins and yeah that sort of stuff but yeah that that was uh that was pretty funny i just saw that i forgot about the pitter-patter thing but yeah that was hilarious
0: <laughs> florida is the cool state from an australian perspective you're right dude florida is like the when everything else has gone to shit that's where normal people will have to go that's why there there's like a everyone from california is sick and tired of how shitty california is so they're moving to texas cuz texas isn't shitty but they're going to make texas yeah. shit it's like a whole and then everybody from new york new jersey and like my area is annoyed with how it is here so they're going to florida also and florida and texas are like go away you go away <laughs> don't come here (laughs) but florida is very similar to you guys because you just wear like sandals and you know roast in the sunlight all the time
1: well yeah like yeah especially most of the area where we are it's like it's just hot all year round so that's why everyone just wears sandals and singlets and stuff because it's like like i said even in winter it's like 25 degrees celsius so it's like you just yeah
0: my buddy kenny goes killer animals wild people yeah that's (laughs) yeah that's it Same thing like the Everglades is like holy shit like you ever see that there's a guy on Instagram there's a bunch of people that do this but they do stuff in the Everglades and there's that one guy that's always like oh look a swamp puppy and he grabs like an alligator by the back leg and like pulls it towards him (laughs) and he's like oh a 25 foot boa that's what I was looking for yeah Garrett that's his (laughs) name someone just posted it yeah yeah he's like that guy he has like a flashlight and he's standing in dark water and he's, like, stepping over an alligator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, how does this guy well, not die?
1: We've got big, yeah, like, saltwater crocodiles and stuff. They, they're they further north than us. They don't really start till up around Townsville, which is, like, about five or six hours north of us. Oh, no, way up. Um, yeah, there's... But, yeah, up there is, like, the, everything wants to... Yeah, the ocean wants to kill you. The creeks want to kill you. <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs>
0: I've seen enough Steve Irwin to know about the salties. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah you definitely want to grab one of those by the tail.
0: <laughs> no, thanks. They never look happy, those giant ones. But, yeah, obviously those alligators aren't, aren't anywhere near, like, a 13-foot saltwater. And they all seem very yeah. docile for whatever reason around that man. <laughs> mm. He definitely exudes some sort of alpha animal vibes whenever he's around because animals are like what the fuck are you doing (laughs) i think they're just so surprised by his uh audacity that they don't bite him i don't know i don't know what it is (laughs) they look at each other and they're like you see this guy oh they're finding crocs in orlando yeah they got all them teeth and no toothbrush yeah that's ricky bobby (laughs) yeah what was there was something else oh shit Oh, I have a friend that's in, you guys are near Sydney, right?
1: Oh, uh, we're a fair bit north of Sydney. We're north uh, of Brisbane, yeah. So Sydney's probably 10, 11 hours away south. Oh, wow,
0: yeah. never mind. <laughs> yeah, That's far. Yeah, yeah. that's decently far. Because I was going to say, I have a friend that does rotary stuff. I might have mentioned it. And he's in Sydney. Uh, Matt Lyle. Yeah. Mr. Enforcer. Engineer. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: Just
0: cranking out rotaries all day. He bought, yeah. he was actually here forever ago, in like 2003 he was here, and he bought a Pro Mod from my friend and took it back to Australia. It was a Ford Probe. Oh, yeah. and It I was. might a, have seen the car, actually. Yeah, it had like a fire yeah. paint job, and then he eventually changed yeah. it. But it was like a 400 cubic inch small block Ford with twin Y2Ks, and it would go like mid-sixes. Yeah. And it was like in like 2003, it was, it was trapped like 225 and like 20 years ago, it was dumb as shit. <laughs> <laughs> I remember they, I went to them with, to, to a Nopi Nationals in like 03 or 02 and they had, they had to enter an unlimited class and the fastest thing there went like a high seven and they went like a 650 at 225. <laughs> I Dan like, really wow,
1: the doors off on the way fast.
0: <laughs> They What's funny is because he had, I think he had 90 some millimeters on it. And it would, it would take them so long to make full power that then he went, he wanted to do a Nopi event and they were limiting you to 88 millimeter. So he put Y2Ks on that were 88s and he said the car was like way faster because they could actually light the, they could use more of the turbo meat that they weren't using yep. when they had the 90 somethings on it. So then they said the event people were like, you're cheating. And he's like, I put on the yeah. turbos you want. I spent like four grand putting on the turbos you wanted. And then they're like, well, now you're faster. What are you doing? And he's like, uh, flooring it. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. That was wild. They had that same day. They had one of those. That was when they were doing the Ecotech stuff. They had a rail car with the Chevy Ecotech four cylinder, like the two liter or 2.2 oh, yeah. liter. It was in a rail car and it was going like mid sixes. Wow. I was like, damn, what is that? And they were like, oh, it's an Ecotech. I'm like, a Cobalt engine? What the fuck? <laughs> I, think uh, I had never heard was, of that. I think they've gone into the Fives, haven't
1: they, now with those um, Oh, yeah. They, I
0: mean, I had no idea. They, yeah. I thought they were lying, too. I'm like, you have an Ecotech in this. And they're like, yeah, look at it. I'm like, okay. All mm. right. I didn't know shit then, but yeah. Apparently, that's an extremely capable engine. They just never made any cars yeah. worth a damn. In my opinion. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so you, yeah. 10 hours. Holy shit. That's like driving. Uh, I've driven to LS Fest from my house since 13 hours to go to Bowling Green, Kentucky from Pennsylvania. Yep. <laughs> yeah, oh, it'd be po- similar.
1: That'd be like driving to Sydney from here. Yeah. yeah.
0: Wow. Oh, that sucks. What is it? It's probably yeah. only like uh, two hours to fly
1: yeah yeah something
0: like that that's nice all right well i don't know if uh does anybody else have any outstanding questions i think i got all of mine answered yeah sweet as far as what i can think of um i definitely want to tune some vvt k-series yeah or even those
1: 2grs like i said 2grs are pretty fun and i think they're probably cheap good to learn vvt definitely
0: And then what about, I was going to ask something about your dyno. Do you have, like, can you do what I just, I upgraded my dyno maybe like three months ago to the new DynoJet software package, and I got a a part of the stack where I can do five inputs, and I put a pressure sensor in it. And then, because I had seen, I always wanted to do that anyway, so I could plot boost curves, just to, because when you look back on the dyno pull, unless the logs and everything are, I, I try to do, like. Whole one on the dyno is data log 001. Yeah, I try obviously yep. for organization. But, uh, one of my friends had set up a thing that automatically figures out horsepower per pound. And I had set that up. Oh, yeah. So awesome. Like it automatically does it. Can the uh, dyno pack do that?
1: Uh, you can't do custom math channels. You definitely, have, like, I have sensors. Yeah, I've got a yeah. handful of sensor input channels that I use. Like I've got, yeah, jewel. I even, like, I've got a, a thing that I can screw in for coolant pressure. Normally, if a car doesn't have a coolant pressure sensor, I've got like a jig that can bring coolant pressure on for cars with stock ECUs and stuff. Um, I've even got like, you know, things for fuel pressure channels where I can put fuel pressure in. I like to keep an eye, again, because you get people coming who don't have, you know, stock ECU stuff. It's never got the sensors and stuff you want to have yeah. on it. So I've got that. But yeah, I you can't do a custom math channel to like be able to calculate math, uh, like boost per pound. Uh, no, that doesn't do that. That I did point. see in the comments somebody's asking Zingerbox or Hungry Jack's Whopper, <laughs> and that's Zingerbox all day. That's not even a question.
0: Is that, Are those fast food places? Yeah, fast food, yeah. What's Zingerbox?
1: It it's so KFC. Funny it's thing. like a spicy chicken thing from KFC, yeah.
0: Oh, it's KFC. Because you guys, it's funny, Australians will call something, I guess we do it too, but I feel like if you have a McDonald's, you'll call it anything but a McDonald's. Or if it's a gas station... <laughs> You'll call it anything but a gas station. Just like how how Americans, I just saw a thing, I was scrolling through like Instagram last night, and it was a thing that was like, NASA says an asteroid the size of 16 refrigerators went past us. And I immediately was like, Americans will measure anything. There's always that like meme or statement. Americans will measure anything in anything but metric. So they say like refrigerators (laughs) are. Or three Texas or whatever, yeah. And you're like, I don't even know how I can't correlate what 16 refrigerators looks like anyway. But yeah, same thing. Anyway, I totally went off subject there. So Zinger Box (laughs) is a KFC food.
1: Yeah, KFC. It's like a burger and that, and it's like all the. I'm guessing you guys have Zinger. Is Zinger a thing? Is that or is that? I don't know. Something different. Like
0: I, I might be. It's like a spicy
1: version. Essentially, you can get it like original or you can get Zinger, which is a spicy one. So it's like, yeah.
0: People have to let me know if that's a real KFC item. I don't know. Sucks in yeah. We just call it spicy chicken in the States. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Aussies, like like you guys say, there's afternoon and you say Arvo.
2: Yeah, Arvo, yeah. And it just, like,
0: sounds like not, it sounds like you're talking about a motor or a servo or something. I don't know. Yeah. Two inch and five sixteenths, huh? Big toe makes more sense. No, you're totally right. You <laughs> <I laughs> Say KFC is better in Australia. Is that true?
1: I uh, I have had, yeah, I would, yeah, I would say so. We've got it's, it's, it's like everyone I know is like KFC is just we call it Dirty Bird. That's probably the that's the uh, that's the nickname for KFC is Dirty Bird. Yeah, it and, makes uh, sense
0: though. That makes more sense than a lot of the other slangs. <laughs> yeah,
1: but like it's yeah like you can't have it every day, but uh you gotta have it at least once a week, I reckon it's yeah
0: <laughs> interesting, yeah, I don't even know if there is i mean well, there's gotta be some in my area, but i don't I don't go there. I was gonna say they might have uh what was someone else what is it man someone said something also that I wanted to ask, and uh, it's like that's pretty much it, other than most people, let's ask people for some questions, otherwise we're gonna wind it down it's already it's almost midnight here,
1: yeah, yeah no
0: what is good. it uh what is it there
1: uh what is it two forty one two forty one three oclock in
0: the arbor. yeah, not bad sob heads on ecotech interesting okay, my bike stupid question raise what would your steps be if you were building a road race car slash turbo build the aim is to be in close to n a throttle oh just like I mean that totally depends on. That's one of those can of worms questions. What engine is it? What? How? What's the power goal, and then sizing the turbo to meet all of that. Otherwise, you're not going to be happy with any of it. Some of the
1: stuff I can, yeah, I've I've helped out on a, a car like a a time attack car actually that um runs a. Uh, like, drive-by-wire throttle control for boost, which is pretty cool. That was a MoTeC on, on that. But that was pretty wild. Like, essentially, the driver the pedal was a torque request, and then it could use the drive-by-wire throttle to generate that torque. And then we had it, like, referenced between each gear. So it was normalized to the gear the car was in. You can do this again. This is, like, quite common on the Mtron stuff. This is, like, that more yeah, motor stuff. But then, yeah, that becomes what I'm sort of getting at is that uh, turbo becomes less important if you have an ECU with, like, proper torque control like that because um, you can make it very, very linear and uh, almost NA-like. Obviously, you still have to size the turbo right and everything. But, um, yeah, that is a can of worms question for what engine, how much power, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, definitely uh, it, there's a reason why a lot of the, like, really fast circuit stuff you look is normally gravitates towards your Motec or Mtron sort of stuff, and it's because... Uh, some of the way that they can do their torque control stuff um, is pretty it it's excellent yeah yeah it's
0: like the stock fords that well gm is kind of has torque modeling on like gen 5 and up also basically but yeah that's pretty cool that yeah uh, the drivability is, is is insane when all that stuff is correct i agree mm. because yeah you can just you're requesting a small amount so it, it does whatever it can to make a small amount yeah you don't have to drive around like a power band it's pretty neat Yeah, those Ecotechs were wild back in the day. I didn't know anything about them until I saw that rail car, and I was like, damn.
1: <laughs> Very impressive.
0: Back, I mean, a lot of four-cylinder stuff wasn't doing anything fantastic, and Ecotech was like, Well, we're making 3,000 horsepower. Yeah. Out of nowhere. All right. Yeah, I think, I mean, unless anybody has anything else to ask, I think we're good on answering. <laughs> we went over plenty. Yeah, cool. But yeah, anybody I'll wait like 30 seconds cuz there's a delay. So if I ask and then I close it wait, right more. That was funny. One guy had said, what did he say? I said, "Anybody have any questions?" He goes, "Give it 5 minutes after I close or like, you know, after this show stops and I'll have heaps." <laughs> yeah. That's how it works. That's the way. Someone send me a sleeve coyote. is that your friend yeah (laughs) someone sent me a sleeve coyote i'm already here it's easier now i'd love to i'd love to get a coyote eventually but man the motor is gigantic everything's expensive there's seven camshafts in it (laughs) i tuned one
1: i tuned one a while ago and um yeah i was definitely a fan i was like these things are just sick like a twin turbo one i was like man these are cool Yeah,
0: yeah incredible i would like If I was a millionaire, I would buy one of those, like, Fat House Fab makes those cars. You ever hear of Fat House Fabrications? Yeah, I think so, yeah. They sell, like, that uh, 1300R and 1500R GT500 or all sorts of weird Shelby packages. But it has, like, a completely integrated MoTeC, and everything's built into the steering wheel controls for power and traction. And then it has a gearbox, a manual gearbox that holds, like, 2,000 horsepower, and uh yeah i remember like the i'm friends with the fab guy that works there and he's just not to say anything bad about him but he's just the fab guy he gets in the car drives from like georgia to ls fest west whacks out like a fucking 780 they kick him out because it doesn't (laughs) even have a cage and then he drives home with like the ac on in the completely yeah so he's done it a bunch of times like anytime they That's have some holly awesome. ford meat he just drives it to bowling green and smacks out some outrageous 1500 plus horse and it's a stick shift car and it's on like 18s or 20s yeah and he just shows up and That's does that was and was. leaves I'm 780
1: like, it must have been at like 185 Yeah, or it was something probably like was. a honda
0: like 204 yeah 760 yeah. at 204 but uh yeah uh, but i'm like damn i would buy one of those but i wouldn't i wouldn't even want to change my oil in it <laughs> Yeah, I don't even want to no, pop the means- hood and look at the yeah. What if Kenny does a lot of co- uh, coyote stuff, turbo Gixxer tuning? His name's Kenny. He does a lot of Motec yeah. and ki- he does. He has a stock sealed coyote car. So he has one of the. Oh, he has yeah. like an orange fox body with like a completely stock coyote in it that goes pretty fast. It does pretty nice wheelies. I'll say that. <laughs> That's cool. He has a record. Dang. What's the record for stock Sealed Coyote? It's probably like a high eight in this stupid stock engine What's the record Kenny? What, do you, what is your record? 9.22, 922 nice. at 144 what does it make like 460 to the tire? <laughs> MS 109 Are you allowed to tune the computer, even though it's sealed, so you can tune it on... Does it have to be a factory computer that's tuned? You can't say. (laughs) Can you use a stock computer? Or is it... It just has to be a sealed engine class. The rules are funny in those. Yeah. World Cup Finals stock company. Stock computer, I think he means. Yeah. So just tuned, obviously, because MS-109 is oxygenated. I think
1: they are full time closed loop though, so maybe just let it ride.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. I forgot a lot of that GM stuff is like forever in the dark age. Mm. I always laugh like because you said you tuned stock dcu Subarus. My friend has that Subaru shop like ten minutes from me, and like ten, fifteen years ago, the completely stock Subarus had Y bands in them, like. And I'm like, we don't even have those now. <laughs> yeah. A stock GM truck still has a narrow band. I mean, I'm hoping at some point. Do the new trucks have Y-bands yet? Holy shit, man.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. Definitely not our I, I stuff. mean, Coyote cars yeah.
0: had Y-bands, I think.
1: Yep, definitely. Yeah, Coyotes have Y-bands. As yep. soon as,
0: like, first-gen Coyote, I believe, my friend had one in, like, 2011. And I remember data logging in Lambda. And I'm like, oh, this yep. has wide bands in it. Damn. Mm. m5 it will go eights yep. at 2800 pounds h pattern car dang on yeah, m5 cool. it makes that much more power holy shit nitro or no or is that another secret i don't know apparently the c 8s going to have wide bands is what someone's saying oh I, I haven't i've seen a c8 but i haven't worked on one yet I'm not totally uninterested (laughs) in those cars uninterested in the people that own them and the yeah what does it cost two thousand dollars to get it tuned plus to make like 20 horsepower that doesn't sound cool and then you can hang turbos on it and all you do is smash gearboxes and bin clutches all day long
1: i think didn't i hear that they're doing turbos for the zr1 or something is that Is that confirmed, or I don't know?
0: They keep kicking that around. I mean, years ago, I remember seeing, like, a thing where GM showed, like, their engine options, and one of them was supposedly, like, the twin-turbo Z06 or whatever, but I don't know. Maybe. Hmm. Even then, I don't think it'll Hmm. be that great. None of that stock Corvettes are great. I don't know. I feel like it's a good platform. Like, you buy a base C6, you put a blower on it, and you do that stuff. You don't buy, like... You buy that stuff to be like the cool guy that goes to Walmart and people are like, wow, you have a new Corvette. And you're like, yeah, I do. I'm better than you. (laughs) Why are you at a Walmart trying to show me up in my 96 Nissan Altima? (laughs) Anyway. All right. Well, thanks for being on. No worries at all. And offering the tuning perspective. I think I might have missed out on like uh, worst cars on the dyno. That's always fun to talk about, but that's like a giant can of worms
1: yeah save that for another time <laughs> yeah just do a day
0: where i'll do a thing where i have six people in and they can just talk shit the whole yeah time. we
1: can all bounce off each other <laughs> yeah
0: i'll do a thing where i have like joe devin and everybody and i'll just run away for the rest of the day and let everybody yell on the stream <laughs> all right well thanks for being on and no uh, Sharon, and everything else all right thanks for having me <laughs> Yeah, and uh, we'll right. do it. Uh, do it again sometime. Yeah, for sure, if you're up for it. But yeah, thanks for coming on, and we'll say bye to everybody and have a good night and happy holidays and all of that. Sweet ass. Yep. See you later. Bye.
1: Bye.